מכיוון שהוא לא רצה ללכת לשם. הוא לא רצה ללכת כדי שלא יקטרו גול עם ישראל. אמר, עם ישראל לא בסדר. זה אומר שזה קשור. He didn't want to... Uh, the reason why Yonah is a problematic character, his trouble was that he wasn't... that he didn't see Midat Adim. He wanted Midat Adim. Al Ninveh. Al Ninveh, But the... Uh, but the... Uh, but this idea is that, no, he wanted to protect Am Yisrael because, im, because if Hashem is Merachem al Bnei Yisrael, then it's going to be Al Cheshbon Am Yisrael. For two reasons. First of all, because it makes him look bad, but also because Ninveh was the enemy of... Uh, It was Ashur. Okay, so we'll go ahead. Eventually we'll get to Pasuk Okay, so that's the first thing. We're, we're not, there's not much to say about that. So Yonah is sent to Nineveh we, because something bad is going on over there. The Mepharshim ask, you know, why the story is even part of Tanakh, it has nothing to do with Am Yisrael, it has nothing to do with it. Okay, so, but, but go ahead, go ahead. The Pasuk, but what does it remind you of? The Pasuk is remind you of? Sdom. Sdom? Or Mabul. Or Mabul. Yeah, Mabul. Yeah, the Torah. Yeah, the Torah. Well, that's a good question, but let's see. Go ahead. Well, I think we can. We have to. We have to hold our guess about that because we don't know. Go ahead. Okay, so obviously this pasuk is pretty problematic. Right, so what, what's, what's the what, what, what's the obvious problem with this? Uh, he's trying to bring, yeah. escape from... Right, it's not... It, it would be one thing if it's a, per, a, a typical, you know, let's say, ignorant person thinks that they can run away from God, and then, but we're talking about a Navi of Hashem, clearly, if he re- reached the level of Nevu'ah and he's being dispatched by Hashem on Shlichut, He's not a person who thinks you can run away from Hashem. Yes. That just doesn't make sense. So there's a, there's a, the Ibn Ezra is one of the Farshim that really uh, tackles this. Does anybody have the Farshim in front of them besides me? No? I don't think so, right? I can get it. But you don't have to. I mean, I'll read it to you. So he says... Um, right, this, 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 he brings that. So it says... Yes, let's move. I don't have to translate for anybody here, I don't think, right? Okay. How could you have a Navi that rebels against God? It doesn't make any sense. It should be a Navi. What? This is Ibn Ezra, but I skipped the first half of the paragraph. It says it says in Sefer Malachim that he's Eved Hashem. Right? He's Avdo. So how could it be that he's like rebelling against God? God tells him to do something that does the opposite. I mean, how is that possible? So he's, it's interesting. He brings the Haggaon, which I assume is Sadia Gaon. והגאון אמר כי הלך אל ננבה וקרא עליה ולא הזכיר זה הכתוב. Which is a very... You had to change the story completely. Just like... Why would the guy say that? Just like... Because of this problem. The problem is how could it be... When does the villain want to... So then he runs away. Meaning he went there and then rather than follow through or stay he left. You know, maybe he was supposed to stay. 
don't know. According to Sadia Gaon, he's saying he would never just uh, he refuse in and run away. He decided not and then to he, do and then he left. He, he ran away from the No, it says that, right. It's, that's what it says. It says, like, for example, Kemo Kiren Lovi Ochalachim. Like when it says that the, the Benot Yitro say, uh, when Yitro says to the daughters, call him and let him come eat something. And it never says he actually came and ate something. It's just, then it says, oh well, yeah, he started to live with them. So, so, he, he so many, the it's mitzvah. implied that he fulfilled the mitzvah. And then he ran away and he said, you know what, I've had enough of this, uh, of being a Navi. Meaning it's a, that's so a, there's a parenthetical, this, uh, you know, he got like they said, the Yeah, but does he say, uh, does, but is he Korea Lehem? Because the Korea Lehem happens after. Well, according to the... But he's not going to... The Ibn Ezra's not going to, you know... According to Sadegon. Kum lechal nenevei, he did. But did he do... Do we have... Do we have Sadegon Napi? It exists, I think, right? See if you have it on there. It's weird, though, because the Ibn Ezra was, like, not what you read. What was the Ibn Ezra? Is it... Is is the Perush called anything? Or it would be called Sadegon? Sadegon. You don't have it. The Perush is just a nice one. but that makes it better it's like okay he basically did the job but then he said now I'm finished being a Navi and that's why he's in trouble because he abandoned yeah, being a Navi but we know whenever he went because he says yes, it, it completely changes the story and then they do Teshuvah yeah. No, it's I went to Pasuk Aleph. Are you on Pasuk Aleph? No, no, it's, it's, he writes it on Pasuk Aleph. No, no, that's later. That's later. Before that, go to Pasuk Aleph. Go to Pasuk Aleph. Go to Pasuk Aleph. It's on Pasuk Aleph that he wrote. Aleph or Bet? Aleph, Aleph. Oh, you went to Aleph? He says it in the beginning. Uh, Let's get to the actual opinion of the yeah, Ibn Ezra. I wanted to see what the Ibn Ezra says. No. It's actually not mine, I borrowed it from one of my kids. So if you ruin it, they'll take you to Beit No, I'm reading from the... It's out. I didn't realize you were reading Yeah, I should have mentioned it. But I, I, okay. So that so that that's what the, right so exactly that's basically the Sadiagon can't entertain the possibility so he has to read the story in a totally different way that actually what this story is about is about is not that Yonah didn't fulfill his initial shlichut he did it but then he said you know what I, I can't be an agent of the you know I, I can't take this anymore I, I quit you know and then Hashem is sending him back in, it changes the whole context of the story okay. Let's see what Ibn Ezra says. I say, It's not the Because over there by Moshe Rabbeinu, whether he ate with them or not, is not sufficient. It's not, it's not significant, right? Right, it's, it's not important. The main point is that he talked to him afterwards and that he invited right. him to live there. Not whether he ate or not. Maybe he said, no, no, I'm not hungry. Thanks, I just had lunch. It doesn't matter. Right, but, but here it's critical. 
ואומר, על כן קידמתי לברוח תרשישה. קידמתי means I did it before. ואווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווו
it's a mental state, you say. Right, he physically goes somewhere, but the point is like, it's like, if you want, let's say you are, it's like, right, it's like if you're trying to get out of the state where you can have nifuah, so he's going on a cruise. But the point is, not that he's going to a place, the point is, he's not running away from, he doesn't, he doesn't think Hashem can't see him, he just thinks, if his Wi-Fi is off, he basically put himself on airplane mode. <laughs> right, he turned it off the Wi-Fi so that Hashem can't send him any nevuot. Not that he is uh, not that, visible to Hashem. Does it have to right? do with the fact that he's leaving Eretz Yisrael? That's what they the say. Point. They say that's why he left Eretz Yisrael right, because he thought that he wouldn't be able to have any nevuot. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the, the Hidush here with Ibn Ezra because obviously, meaning the Ibn Ezra is is the Ibn Ezra assuming that we're gonna think that he's actually leaving? From Hashem's physical presence? No, what the Ibn Ezra is trying to pre- is saying that, you know, on the surface, a simplistic person reads this and it sounds like he's running away from God. Like, oh, God is over there and he's not going to see me. I'm going to run away, which is absurd and ridiculous, right? So he's saying, so then how do you understand it, though? It's one thing to say that can't be the pshat. Right? It can't be the meaning that uh, you're not physically ran away from God, but that doesn't tell you what it is, what it does mean. So he's going into the mechanics of nivuah, and basically saying nivuah requires like a Wi-Fi connection. So you have to be in a certain state. You, it's a learned state. It's a learned, uh, prepared state. If you don't have that learned, prepared state, then you're not going to receive it. And so therefore, he took himself offline. We would say nowadays he went offline, so he wasn't detectable. And uh, not that God didn't know where he was, but he wasn't reachable. Right. Like by nivuah, especially right. because from his own choice. After the, it would be like if somebody didn't want to hear something, so they put plugs in their ears, or they want to see, so they put. A, Blinders on the front. Yeah. You didn't want to be able to hear. After the Benin Nabim that we see in like the times of uh, like Shmuel. Well, can you but this It's growing. Do we have um, do we have the schools of Nabim that they're they're? In, I remember earlier in, in Shmuel Aleph, the like music. They're the, the Benin Nabim. Yeah. yeah, the the Benin Nabim. The musical state was. They had music. Yeah. But like after that, so Rambam talks about it. But he can again, again, can again, again, because it says that yeah, that's Elisha who, is, who needed it to focus. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, but they also I think had music uh, them as well with the Shaul because the idea was that they had to be in a certain mental state to be able to, you know, music is a uh, it, uh, puts the spirit in a certain condition that is. The Beit Hamikdash also has music and singing. You know, last night when we were praying at the Gotha, like the, we started hearing this beautiful singing behind you. You know, it, it does lift the spirit. It puts the person in a state of mind that is receptive to uh, to greater things. The problem, like with everything, just like we saw with Cain and all the all of his children and grandchildren, is that when you produce music just for the aesthetic enjoyment itself, it has no higher purpose, right? The Torah is using, or the Beit Hamikdash is utilizing the music. For a higher end, for a higher objective of putting the person in the state where they can or reflect on the meaning of the bit that's closest to God. So Yonah is doing the opposite of that. He's de- deliberately turning off his Wi-Fi. We could use as our modern, you know, uh, thing. And he doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be contacted. And, and that doesn't mean that he ran away physically from God, but that he's no longer in contact with God. So therefore, he can't be a shaliach. Not that he received, because the two problems. One problem is what. Well, one problem is how could a person who is a re- rebel against God, right? Meaning, doesn't do what God says. How could such a person be um, be uh, a navi? That's number one. Number two is 
what does it mean to run away from the presence of God? So on these, basically what Ibn Ezra is answering is that he voluntarily took himself offline. So he's just not able to receive the message anymore. That isn't considered. Seemingly, that's how he did it. He put himself out of the picture, went on a cruise to, uh, to Khul. He paid for the entire boat according to the Chazal. He really wanted to get out of there fast. Well, it says because he paid for everyone on the boat. He was like Kamsa Bar Kamsa situation where he was willing to pay for the whole thing just to go. Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, we'll see. We're going to see that as we go along. That's sort of the end of the book. We can't jump ahead. We have to... So, so... Right. At the end, it's going gonna, it's gonna to become clearer. Maybe you can say that basically... Uh, there are nevuot in Yeshayahu about Chazon, uh, about all kinds of different countries besides, uh, uh, besides the Jews, but they have a relationship or some impact on that. Why is it in the Kitvei Kodesh? Meaning, uh, we can understand, okay, Hashem once sees a, a, a group of, of Gentiles who are receptive to the message of Hashem. Why, why wouldn't you send, uh, send someone there? But what do I need to know about it? It's not relevant to the Jewish people. Right, that's what the Radak is asking. So the Radak says, right, So it's a lesson to He also says uh, to show the miracle that happened with the uh, with the dog, and also to show the uh, the Rachamim. Uh, so it's, there's a couple of possibilities. One possibility is it's a it's kind of a, a rebuke. You could say it's a rebuke of, of the Jewish people. You could say that it's a 
chizuk, basically. It's saying Hashem is uh, always going to accept the Balei Tshuva, and that's the lesson. They didn't. We do know. Okay, we'll get to that. Let's let's see how it develops because we want to keep it. We want to just follow the flow of the book. But I want to say that, that that's a good question, right? Now, okay. The the uh, the the main question that Ibn Ezra was concerned about was how is it possible for you not to run away? How is it possible two two ways, right? How is it possible practically, since there's nowhere to run away from God? And how is it possible that a Navi of Hashem would run away, would not fulfill his shlichut, not fulfill what God tells him to do? Now, so, and Ibn Ezra's answer is that basically he took himself offline. He took himself off, the, he turned off the Wi-Fi, he, he got out of the way. So there's only one problem it doesn't really answer. I'm just saying, you know, that that he it doesn't answer the problem really of, yeah, but he got the command already, and then he turned off the Wi-Fi. Right, so why is that okay? Right, Sadia Gaon deals with that problem by saying that, well, he, maybe he did do, do the shlichud in some way, you know, let's say and, uh, and then and then, and then then ran away. But he uh, got the command, but not. He got the command. Oh, maybe, okay. All right, so he's going to delay. Oh, I hear. That's a good answer. That might be a good answer. That would be a good answer. Good. So now he's yeah. uh, running. He's making fast. a pill pull. He's uh, making a pill pull. You never said that it had to be now. <laughs> The, yes. that, that, that makes sense. Okay, that's good. Maybe that's why he's in such a rush to pay no, for the boat. It's just cum left. Cum left. Cum left. Cum left. I don't know. Every time I say to my kids, cum left, they say, wait a minute, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I had to know Sif Milim. I have a nice question and a nice answer from Rav Mazuz. Why Tarshish? Why is it called Tarshish? Why he wanted to go to Tarshish? That was where the book was going. It was the only book that had it. That was that? It was a joke, joke. Ah, Rosh Hashanah. Because you see that he wants to go to Tarshish and then he came to Yafo and he sees for Tarshish. Right. So, he didn't see what the cruises were. We'd come back to Tarshish. That's one of the interpretations. I saw that. No, I I that. Sure. I've seen, I've seen. Uh, 
true. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. True. I don't know. How do we know? How do we know that it doesn't have to be true? It could be he wanted to get away from all, all of Am Israel. How do we know he wanted to get away from He's just giving you a, an interpretation based on the Barbanella, which no, but could why, why was he thinking Tarshish from Right, because it does, nobody else. Because there are Jews there. Because there are Jews there. Yeah, it's based on the text. Maybe. Oh, see, and, and really the Radak basically says the same thing as Ibn Ezra here, because he says, He says, Right? the <laughs> Because all the Nevi'im are going to Am Yisrael and they're not doing Teshuvah and I go here and I know that they're going to do Teshuvah right? They didn't want to go because of that. Right. Okay. Um, okay, we'll see, we'll see. But the, yeah, so the, but, but the Radak is basically saying the same exact thing as the, uh, as the Ibn Ezra in terms of what Milifnei Hashem means. And uh, he adds the... Uh, the uh, he adds here that the uh, the, the concept that the, the the non-Jews are kovim lechuva, that they're more likely to do tshuva than the Jews. That's interesting. No, because That that or or another possibility. Another possibility is that the Jewish people take their relationship with Hashem. For granted. Ah, for granted. You know, we have a relationship taken for granted. Right. So therefore, they're more like, okay, yeah, you know, they said, Hashem is saying the Beit HaMikdash is going to be destroyed. That's not going to really happen because, you know, we have a relationship and it's hundreds of years and we have the Avod. So there's already a feeling of, whereas a non-Jew, he doesn't take that. It's like, it's like the opposite of the Chazal that says that, you know, if a, if a, uh, if a Jew gives tzedakah, does some mitzvah, gives tzedakah, let's say, gives tzedakah and says, uh, I'm doing this, bishvil shechyebni, bishvil something. He's allowed to say, I want to, I want to, I'm doing this mitzvah for, uh, for the sake of some specific outcome that I want, right? And the reason is because if it, if it doesn't happen, I'll say, okay, he's not going to not believe in Hashem. He's going to say, okay, Hashem had a different plan and, uh, and, and, and that wasn't it. He's not going to just abandon. It's not like he thinks that his relationship with Hashem is over because he didn't get a certain thing. But a non-Jew, no, the but a non-Jew, on the other hand, if he does something and says, I'm coming to pray at the Kotel because I heard that uh, uh, God of Israel is the real God, you know, if it doesn't happen, he's going to say, ah, oh, that was, that was nothing. That's like Shlomo right, so Tfilah. Because like he says specifically that non-Jews who pray, you should answer them. Right? Because why? Because... For that non-Jew, if he doesn't get an answer, he's going to say, whatever, I'll go to some other God. Then obviously the Jewish God is no better than the other ones. right? Uh, but, if, but when it comes to a Jew, his relationship with Hashem has more of a, 
Right, it has something more substantive. So he's not going to base on one uh, one situation where he's frustrated. He's going to throw out the entire the entire thing. So, but but it works the opposite way too. That he that just because this navi is telling me that I have to fix this or that, that doesn't mean that the relationship is over. Uh, it's okay. I'll get around to it. it it'll, it'll be all right. Well, nothing bad, nothing ter- terrible is going to happen. But that's not the right attitude. Now that the king says that the king of Nineveh was Paros, he like had problems. Which is fine. Why would Nineveh want this shoe? Like, you're saying like they don't believe in God. This right? Makes sense. Well, we're gonna let, let's wait till we get to Nineveh. We'll see. We'll see what their response is. We'll try to understand. They obviously thought Yonah was a representative of God. They must have. They respond to his call, right? And whenever it's when if it says Alatara Atam Lefanai, the Hashem. It's the same thing as Sedom. It says about Sedom, right? So what does it mean, Lashem? It means they knew who Hashem was and they rebelled against it. It doesn't make sense to have a shaliach b'shem Hashem to a nation that they don't believe in the, the premise that you're operating with is Hashem. So the people of Sedom, seemingly, probably, because of the influence of Abraham, who is the local... Uh, uh, person, the local rabbi, local you know shaliach, who was preaching Yichud Hashem. They heard about it and they had Lot living among them, and they, they they were aware of the idea of Hashem, and yet they didn't take it to heart. Okay, so they, so in the same way, you know, they they had a for some reason. But we're going to see what what's interesting is that when we get to Ninveh, only the name Elohim is used. They don't. It never is the name Yudkevavke used with Ninveh, right? Which suggests that they did that they had a belief in God, but it was a limited, a more limited belief in God. It wasn't the same level as Yudke Vavke. Okay, we're gonna see. Okay, we'll, we'll go. Okay. By Yakum Yona. Oh, we did that already. Oh, whoops. Okay. Okay. So we have. Uh, a big wind and a storm, and uh, and just like the dog has a conversation with God, the boat thinks. No. There's a lot of consider it. It was thinking about the possibility. Yeah. Oh, the the best ones. The best ones. Yeah. 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 Wow, what, a, what an amazing scene. Yeah. Like everyone is everyone is in a panic throwing all their stuff overboard to lighten the load of the ship because that might balance the uh, balance the weight. And Yonah goes to take a nap. So he seemingly the idea is he's indifferent. He's, he's, right, he's, he's, he's okay if he dies. Right, he, he doesn't care at this point. He's he's out of the. He doesn't want to be, for whatever reason. Maybe it'll become clear as we go on different possibilities. He doesn't want to fulfill this shlichut, and he would. And he was running away. And if it if it happens that he dies, he dies. He can't now turn to God because he turned off his Wi-Fi. Right? 
So when, when, when God tries to WhatsApp him, it says, you know, not available. He's not on. So if he opens up his WhatsApp to call God, then it's going to be a big problem. So he's caught, he's caught himself. I think part of it is he's caught in a, in, a pro, in, a, in a difficulty because he cut himself off and now there's a tzara going on. Everyone else is crying out to God, but he can't because he just left. He just disconnected from God. I don't think he wants to. Right? Yeah. Maybe he doesn't or maybe he can't. The fact that he's able to actually Go to sleep. Just depression. Well, there's nothing that puts you to sleep better than some nice rocking. Nice rocking. We don't know which room. I maybe had a very good room, like in the middle of the boat. And, uh, he could it had whatever room he wanted. He might have had a middle room. It's like a little bit less. Less <laughs> This maybe maybe we should consider the horrific idea that he wanted to commit it to suicide. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fine. Huh? He was okay with it. He wasn't getting right. He was okay with it. That's what it looks like. Well, many times. Right. He doesn't. He's certainly not concerned about the situation. So you can see it late. Not in English, but in Lit. Vayered Yona Yafo, Vayered Leonia, Vayered Learkita Svena, Vayered Dam. Amila Vayered. You read it, you read it, you read it. Acha Yerida, Ronazia, Yeradam. Amila Bevrit, Yeradam, from Shikata Yerida. I'm a I think I'm doing you now. I told you, I told you we were learning you now. No, he came to my class on Malachim or Shmuel. I remember when he came to my class. He was also he was holding and everything we were learning. But after that, Israel realizes that Hashem's not. I have no escape, right? Meaning, right. So, I, I mean, I think that this, the way that people usually read it is that way that he basically that he basically gave up at this point that he couldn't escape. He can't. He can't escape the shlichut, but he's not going to do anything. He, so he's basically surrendering to his fate. And if that means he's going to die, he's going to die. That's what it sounds like. Like real. That's his fate. Now then. But but he's not he's not communicating with him because he's he's offline. So he can only communicate to him, you know, it's like uh, he can only communicate to him from the physical uh, crisis of the uh, thing. But instead of responding by going back online, right, he just says. You know, whatever will be, will be. He sort of uh, surrenders himself to his fate. I like so the I like the idea of the usage of the word Bayeret. Yeah, that's a very nice. Bayeret, 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 Bayeret. Somebody left it for us. That's great. They have talked me for you. You open it up. I feel like there's something deeper to what he's saying about the word Vayeret. Yeah, it's good. No, like I wanna, I wanna explore the idea. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't know. I, I just, I just feel like we're. It's, 
it's very it's very significant. How yeah, like old by it is. Yeah. Right, the Rav HaChovel is the captain. Okay, so what do you say? Shit. Yeah, well, you have the Malachan Yudam Slichot. But, uh, so, so, clearly the, uh, the captain of the ship was Chazan uh, for Slichot. That's, uh, that's clear. <laughs> What else? Zeh ochalash ayalem כי הוא עובד עבודה זרה, והוא אומר ליונה, יש לך אלוהים, נכון? בוא, תביא אותו ל... גם לי יש אלוהים, תביא, מה אתה... זה מדהים לחשוב על זה. אולי זה יוסיף על הצ'אנסר שלנו. כן, ממש כאילו... כל אלוהה שאתה מוסיף זה יעזור, תוסיף גם שלך. You never know which one is going to be the right one. One of my things. Yeah. For hedging. Yeah. And it comes... Like you... It comes in a different thing, you know. It's like a Chinese auction. You go and you get like... It comes from the idea that the service of the law is for them. Yeah. Right, of course. That ties in with their... Let's see which combination of gods... When did they turn to God? They turn to God. Because they didn't have that idea. They There was no idea of of an exclusivity in Avodah Zarah in the times of the... That's the whole point. Like the only God that says exclusively in Od Milavado is Hashem. Right, every... The people of Moab think, oh yeah, Ammon has their God, we have our God, it's no problem. If I go to Ammon, I can respect the God of Ammon and this, and then when you come to my house... If I conquer Ammon, Ammon becomes my God. Right, then it becomes my God. My God conquered your God, okay, so that's... I have a question. But otherwise, the, the idea of multiple gods means that everyone believed in the other people's gods too. So there's no problem. When he says Elohim, you're also a God. Usually that refers to like a specific... I assume in this pasuk because he's saying right, and that means multiple because he said he said the gods, meaning one of these gods that were uh, that, that we're trying to call to because he has a What is Rabbi Arthur's role? Because it's a sort to write multiple gods in our school. So Elohim in this case is not Elohim in the singular. It's not really translated. It's not really translated. Well, it does say, the word Ha'elohim could be one or the other, but obviously in the context of a polytheistic guy who's saying, we tried all of our gods, why don't you try yours? He doesn't think there's only one God. Or, or is he now realizing that his life is alive? He's like, I eliminated all of the other possibilities by calling every other God, so the only possibility left is that it's your God. to the rest of them. By process of elimination, we've arrived at the conclusion that the God of Israel is real. But think about he doesn't know the, the, the God that he's Jewish. Nice. It was machshavah. No. 
But, but he still doesn't know even who he is yet. He doesn't even know what he is yet. Jacob's saying there is a Midrash that Yitro came to God by the same thing. Right, of course. Yeah, but he tried every God. Right, but, but, the, but in the end... But then, right. Right, Yitro, it seems like it was more... Uh, for sure no that was the, that was the, that was the case then it wasn't that the people most of the people didn't in the Tanakh they always yeah. It's a story. Yeah, they It's a very like anti. It's a That's what the Gemara seems to say, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but there's still. They're 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 I know, there's more than one person on the boat. I know, I'm saying, like, the odds are into 70. Possibly. חזרנו אומרים שזה כל מלאך הוא מייצג אומה. שבעים אומות העולם היו שם. The Radak says, I have a problem with this. He says, just because uh, a, a boat encounters a, uh, encounters a storm, they assume that the whole cause of the, of the weather disturbance is some guy on their ship, you know? Like, well, there's a disturbance ah, in the whole ocean. Now, uh, and, and so it says, in Pirkei Rabbi Eliezer, it says, because there was a storm, only that only for that boat. The other the ones were like going by. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's a call for that. Right. Right. That's why they thought it had to be somebody on their boat. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good call. No. It doesn't, it doesn't really fit with the text. Like it says, uh, it says Bayam. They could just be the yeah. exact piece of the Yam that they were in. No, no, it's a good thing. 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 It's a good Wow, it's so crazy how the Midrashim answer every question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so the Malbim says that uh, he says that Instead of being random, and it wasn't random because it kept coming to the same person again and again. So there was some joint intervention. Yeah. What is accurate about it? Yeah, because because of Yonah, because of because of Yonah, 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 because of I guess the Goral thing, you can answer it by saying, well, they did it over and over again, it kept falling on the same person. Maybe the Goral doesn't work, but it's not statistic. It's right. Statistically, it doesn't make sense, so there's something happening. That that answer makes sense, and that's why it says Goralot, maybe. Right. They tested it out. Was there any other answer to the, why did they Davka think that the whole storm was happening because of someone on their ship? I don't see anybody... about the other ships being okay? Well, the Ibn Ezra also brings that. He also says, Yesh omrim ki ayu gisham spinot achirot v'yuchlu l'tzent. V'ezot levada v'tzara. That's what he says. But it could be that, I mean, yeah, it's also possible that this was just the way that they thought. Yeah, they're... If, right. if you yeah. see religious people there, that's how they think it. Right. So you understand it's something right. right. yeah, they're, they're not somebody. They're, they have a religious mentality, so they say, oh, it must be happening because. Uh, if it were Jews, they would say, yeah. they would say someone else's problem, but because they're not Jews, they say it must be ours. 
but unless he's someone else on another board over there, there's something wrong. Yeah, this was their last resort. <laughs> their first reaction was to start throwing things off. Right, right. That's the Palestinians. <laughs> we have a lot of problems. Oh, the first thought was that's the Palestinian guy read this book is going to be like this is amazing yeah. there's bad weather it's a juice fall <laughs> <laughs> it's always a juice fall <laughs> I told you <laughs> but, but what about I paid for all this but everyone's right yeah but it's still your fault <laughs> So they didn't bother asking him until now. Right? Right. Well, whoever's paying, you don't ask him any questions. Like, we don't ask him. Just give the money. He paid cash. He paid in cash. Uh, so, right, so they, so they ask him now, okay, what's the reason for this? What is your melacha? Like, what profession. do you do? What's your profession? Where did you come from? Where, what's your ethnic background? I guess, ma'artzecha. Ve'emi ze'amata, right? Lama kula shirotayla? It's an interview. It's a very Lama. thorough interview. Ula'ai ki ulo mukhal dabir. He just wanted to sleep. That's like in the Torah. Guys, I took a sleeping pill. It's like in the Torah whenever it says Vayomer Shom, something else, someone else, then it says again Vayomer again. Person keeps pressing. Oh, like Bnei Gad and Bnei Reuven. When they say to when they say to Moshe Rabbeinu, or they describe the land, they say, oh, the land that that Hashem conquered for Bnei Yisrael is a makom mikneh. And then he doesn't say anything. And then they say again. And then they say again. Let us build. The, because he don't want to answer them. He's like, so what? That, they wanted him to. When you're the interrogator, but he's not the interrogator. He's the interrogee. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying in the case of Moshe, that Moshe stays silent. Right. They're, they're like admitting their own discomfort. He's ignore. He gets exactly what they're. You know, he understands exactly what they're asking for, and he's trying to give them a chance to forget about it before he ends up yelling at them. You know. But but they don't get the message. They figure he doesn't understand what we're trying to get at, so we have to spell it out for him. So they said they went on. So it's a continuation of his passive situation. Right, he's being he's passive, passive. Right, he's being silent. He's uh, not uh, not cooperating with the interrogation. Becomes passive. Right. He, he doesn't try to doesn't answer. He's letting. He's like, look, I just want to let this happen and, and be done with it. He doesn't really necessarily want to correct the situation because that's going to put him right back in the same place he was before. And basically, that is where he ends up getting. If you think about it, I mean, he essentially returns to where he was before, after this, this failed attempt. Right? Okay. So now what does he say? Wow. How did he choose that? How did you know that song? <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? Benny Friedman? Yeah. Friedman. Wow, he has Slichot in here. He has so many amazing things. Crazy, Yolanda. Yeah, they had all. Yolanda got it from Benny Friedman. 
It can, this is like Yona the musical. <laughs> hey, why, why does he use the word Ivri, first of all? Right. And what, what is the focus on Asher Asat, Yam, and Yabbasha? They have multiple gods. He's saying, I believe in one god. Because he, he was coming to me. Okay, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, when, it reminds me of when he says, uh, the, when he, according to the chant of Malkitzedek, where he says, uh, Avram Elyon, and then Avram says, no, Hashem Elyon. When he speaks to him to make sure to distinguish from the El Elyon of the Kinaanim, which is part of a group of you know different gods, says so, no Hashem, who is El Elyon, is his he's a superior god, but not not relative to other gods. Hashem El Elyon. So he's clarifying that you're talking about everyone's going for their god. I should go for my god as if it's in the same category as the as your gods. So he has why, to say, well, why are you calling Hashem Elohei Hashemayim here? Meaning, uh, Ami made a good point. He said, he said, right now the focus for them is the yam. So it makes sense. He says, says the yam, 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 and he's dealing with non-Jews like Avram was, right? Meaning he's not dealing with... Avram was, was doing outreach to... There were no Jews yet really then. Anyway, but the point is he's going back to like the natural, original Jewish identity of Ivri Anochi, like Avram Avinu, meaning I am on one side. The Ivri means I'm on one side. Everybody else is on the other side, right? I'm different. I'm different. Oh. And that's because he's also highlighting right? the right. difference between Avraham and the Umot Aulam, right. the way they perceive God. Right. Because they are trying to, back to they, the because the Ravachovel came and he tried to put them in the same category. Oh, we're all calling out to our God, so you know, call out to your God. And he says, finally, when he identifies himself, he's like, no, I'm basically like Avraham. I'm, I'm different than you. I believe in the God of the entire universe, Hashemayim. Ayam and Ayabasha. That's basically everything. They would think each of those right. has their own God. Right. Each one has more and than one. Those are the three elements yeah. that are playing in this. And they're playing in the story. But they left the Yabasha with the boat. They're in the Yam and the, the storm is happening from the Shaman. Right. right. So, so I'm all the, these different the elements. Is the Shaman I'm the God that is made the Yabasha. Does it bother anyone else? He's not, he's not fearing God, but he's saying that he's running away from God. He's running away from God. But the word Ivri, I can say you something from Israel. The word Ivri in the Tanakh is also Tamid, Tamid always, when you want. להגיד מי אתה, אבל ממקום נמוך, נחות. זאת אומרת, עברי זה תמיד כמו עבד, דלת ורש אפילו דומות. דלת ורש זה אותיות דומות. בכל המקומות בתנ״ך, כשמישהו זיהה את עצמו כעברי, הוא תמיד מופיע. נגיד שר המשקים אומר, הנה נער עברי. הוא נמוך, הוא נמוך. גם אברהם... שכתוב על אברהם העברי, על מה מדובר שם? מדובר שם שהפליט אומר לאברהם העברי שלוט נלקח בשבי על ידי ארבעת המלכים. זאת אומרת, זה תמיד מופיע באיזשהו ביטוי נמוך. ופה הוא אומר, עברי, אני במקום עכשיו נמוך. אני במקום... ומאז שהדבר הזה התגלה, 
אף ארגון בישראל לא קורא לעצמו באמת. כי בתחילת קום המדינה הכל פה זה עברי, האוניברסיטה העברית והאקדמיה העברית והכל עברי, ובשלב מסוים הכל נעלם ורק ישראל. כי התנ״ך אומר שעברי זה... אבל 
recognizing Hashem as a result of their conversation with Yonah and their interaction with Yonah and what they see happen with Yonah. Right? So he sets the framework. In other words, he's explaining to them that I believe in Bore Olam. He doesn't get into to Elohei Yisrael, any of these things. Just Bore Olam is speaking to them in the naturalistic terms. Speaking to them in the terms that Avram Avinu would have spoken in because that, that was the frame of reference for the like international frame of reference, not the particular frame of reference what of the Jews. What does really mean? It means it either means Bene Ever or it means uh, the Midrash always interprets it as meaning on the other, you know, different. Coming from Ever. Meaning, uh, and ability, uh, a person who believes in God. Yeah, right. They were people that They believed in one God. Right. So, so the the idea is that he's identifying with in the most uh, universalistic way with that that could that he could with the idea of He's he's saying it to them in the most universalistic terms. You know, that that wouldn't be relevant to the. To, uh, to, 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 to these people so he's, he's putting it in that perspective and he's saying that's really the source from which a person should be in awe right now what is the, the Rambam when he defines Yirat Hashem and Avat Hashem he puts them together uh, they both come from Yidiyat Hashem a person who has a recognition of Hashem both has a passion to come close to Hashem and feels humbled before Hashem and, and feels uh, insignificant in the presence of Hashem. He's not focusing on that right now because I think it's true. I think there's a truth to that. Um, uh, what, they, what I think Rabbi John was saying before, that the idea of serving a God from love didn't exist in Abu Dazar. All of Abu Dazar was based on serving their gods from fear. Right? They didn't want things to be... They were either afraid of suffering or they wanted to get, they wanted to get something, which is obviously not loving the God. It's, it's like, loving if you say, I love my parents because they give me a lot of presents and cook me dinner and, and take care of me, that's not really loving your parents. It's just loving yourself. And your parents are providing the needs. Right? So, in the... And so the real Ava and Yirah, he doesn't talk to them about the Ava because that's not in their lexicon of a relationship with God. But in the end, what they do does reflect that because it says they, are, they bring Nidarim and you know, they're, they're doing something out of their own free will to come close to God. And it even uses the word Yudke Vavke in the end, meaning they actually recognize in a fuller way the God of Israel. And according to the Midrash, they actually became Jewish. Right, so he's, so he's preaching to them. Well, they got him into it. It's like he, it's almost like he's like uh, he's not interested in that right now. You know, he doesn't but, want to preach right, to them, right. but he's okay to But finally, to when they put him on the spot, he, he, he right, he, he responds. So, like, I think that you know, part of it, part of what, um, what changed and evolved in my reading of the book of Yonah this year in particular as opposed to the past is that what bothered me always about Rabbi Foreman's reading of the whole story is Rabbi Foreman's reading of the story um, makes Yonah into a person who is doesn't seem like the type of person a Navi would be and I'll t- just for one particular reason because According to Rabbi Foreman's reading, okay, according to the Midrashic reading that he didn't want the Jewish people to either look bad or he didn't want Ninveh to survive and then hurt the Jewish people. So he was making calculations and cheshbonot about the, the God's plan. That we can understand in the framework of a Navi, but a, possibly, you know, because sometimes that's, that's, there was some leeway and some freedom given to the Navi to decide how Ishlichud would be carried out. There was. There were, there were such things. We see that in Elisha and Eliyahu where they decide when to do Nisim and things like that. But in the, um, 
in the, in the framework of uh, why he gets upset that Nineveh is spared. So Rabbi Foreman had this analogy and this metaphor that, oh, it's because, you know, it's like a guy that uh, worked so hard all of his life to do the right thing and, uh, and has been earning his place to do the right thing. And, and then he gets to the, uh, he gets to the final uh, prize and the guy who did nothing was, grandfather, was just allowed in at the last minute because it felt bad for him. Yeah, meaning like, like well, it, it cheapens, like taking away the end. One second, one, one, it cheapens what I did. Like if I had to put in all that effort to work, it's like if you put in so much effort, it's not his exact analogy. I'm giving an, a, but a variation on it. His, my, I would give a, a simpler analogy than what he said because his analogy works really well with the animation, but it doesn't work that well when I tell it. Right? Imagine you worked so hard. You did every homework. You did every test. You got 100 on every test. You, you know, you had a perfect thing. You were perfect attendance. And then the guy in the back who came three times in the semester got 60s on every quiz. And then the, and then the teacher said, you know what? If you just get 100 on the last test, I'll wipe out all your past grades and give you 100 for everything. And you're like, what do you mean? I, got a, I actually worked and I had to do all those tests to get 100. And this guy who didn't do anything in the end, he gets on the finish line, he gets to win. He gets at the same. We get the same. So, that, so that's sort of like what Rabbi Foreman was saying, a similar thing. That basically, you're not saying, where's the emit? in the idea that people who are really, uh, you know, really work hard and are, are, are making an effort to be tzaddikim, they, uh, you know, and, and they struggle for it, they're equal to the people of Ninveh that actually were corrupt and they were evil and then Hashem just decides to forgive them because they did Shabbat the last minute. That's not fair. That was what Rabbi Foreman how he explains the end of the story and then he explains the kikayon at the end of the story and he says that the kikayon tree the reason the message behind that and this is all Rabbi Foreman not me the, the message behind that he said was that it was a gratuitous chesed right for Yonah and, it, and he said that doesn't bother you that there's a gratuitous chesed for you that you didn't deserve it right in fact you're upset when it got taken away but you're upset when I give a gratuitous chesed to the other people right that's, that's how Rabbi Foreman interprets it the only I have one problem with it it bothers me greatly which is number one I don't think that an, I can't, it's hard for me to believe that a, because according to that Yonah is, is arguing on the basic way that God deals with human beings and saying it's wrong. Like, how could it be that a Navi is saying to God the way you judge is wrong? Number one. And number two, I have a hard time with the idea that that Yonah is, feels it, let, let's talk about lim, truthfully, truthfully, right? Should it bother, it will bother me if I got a hundred on every quiz and every test and I got a hundred and then I get a hundred and the, and, and, and the shmagegi in the back of the class the, who got 60s all the time and he gets a hundred and he gets a hundred also. It would bother me. But this, should it really matter to me? It shouldn't really matter to me. Right? It's actually petty for me to care what the other guy got. It doesn't take away from my actual grade that the other guy, what the other guy did. So let him have a hundred. So it's so good for him, right? And I'll also get a hundred. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't take from my one hundred a bit that the other guy got a hundred too. Only because I'm being petty and saying, well, why did I waste my time doing all that work when he got in with a free thing? It's silly. So would Yona really be a person who's going to be bothered by that? He's going to say, all oh, my righteousness, you know, it's not fair because the people of Ninveh, they get this and I don't get... It's hard for me to believe that that's Yonah. I more like to read Yonah as actually a person who 
is who doesn't like doesn't like the nature of an invade shuvah for a different reason. And because it's not a genuine shuvah. Right. And he knows it's not a genuine shuvah. And he learns a lesson about Hashgah. He's not really. Well, we're going to see. I don't want to pre. I don't want to like pre game the whole, the whole story. That's but like, the fact that he's then on the Also, it doesn't really fully. It doesn't really fully uh, 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 sit with me the Kikayon thing because was the real reason why Hashem doesn't criticize Yonah's response to the Kikayon based on the fact that it was a Chesed and he's doing a Chesed. He says you cared about the Kikayon even though you didn't do anything. To make it, and why shouldn't I care about the people that I made them, and the animals, and Behemaraba, which is an interesting thing. That he, even the king of the of Nineveh makes the animals fast, you know. Yeah. They were doomed to hell. That could have been, uh, you know, in a sense. Let it happen. Right. Just let it let him fail. Well, that, that was that was my that was my analogy. It was Rabbi Foreman's analogy. I'm saying I'm just using Rabbi Foreman's basic model. That's how we understood it. He was saying it cheapens my efforts to live properly. If I like, it would be like to say like. I lived my whole life a Jew that I kept Torah, I kept this, and then a guy does tshuva on his deathbed, and according to the Gemara, he gets in, he gets all about. It's like, so what did I work on? It's not the same, obviously. But, yeah. It does have an effect. The issue is, how can we take issue with God's judgment? I mean, I'll phrase it even simpler. Even in Abi, he can ask questions. The, the, the <coughs> infinite gap that exists between us and God, and Abi and God, it's infinite either way. Right? right. However, God decides to issue judgment over anyone's favor. He shouldn't be. So the question right. remains: What I give? Why? Why should we upset that the bed would have an out? Like, can you read the story? When a person, when a common person reads the story, they, Yonah looks petty. It's like, well, why are you getting upset that these people got uh, forgiven? So just for just to play the devil's advocate, to but that's not in the text. Like that, what bothers me about all those interpretations right. yeah, 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 are that I got for some in yeah, meaning where where in the story does it say that the that it has the to issue, future calculations the about, the is about him himself? There's no indication of the story uh, that I saw at least that said it's about him. Except at the end, it sounds like that because at the end, no, no, the end with the because he says, "I knew you were going to forgive them." Al kin ki damti levach tershisha. No, but it, that, he's that saying doesn't necessarily I, mean I, it's about him. It's just the fact that he didn't like the outcome. Definitely. So apparently he's told them everything. Right? Right. He, 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 he told them everything about his whole story. And now they're very afraid. But notice that, again, 
Right, and that, right, so now they're, it, this is the, another example of Yir'ah, they were afraid before, but now that he reframed the idea of Yir'ah really is Yir'ah Me'akadosh Baruch So now it's saying, now they're really Yir'ah Gdolah, because, they're, because he told them that he has incurred the wrath of Hashem, who is the Borei Olam, that he ran away from. So now they understand the significance of what's going on, and it's even more scary. Because it's not escapable, in you know under the current circumstances. But the, the, Meaning, if it's just a storm going by, it's a storm going by. But if there's a specific thing with this person that he's running away from God, and they know that, so now there's really no way out of the uh, of the crisis other than getting rid of Yonah. Yeah, just weird. Which one? Right. Ah. Yeah. זה אומר שהילד שאל ואתה עונה. זה אומר לראות היעמדו דברי מורדכי כי הגיד להם אשר הוא יהודי. זאת אומרת, הם לוחצים עליו והוא לא עונה. עד ש... כבר... האם זה הפשט עבר? כן. שהם אומרים לו מי אתה, מי אתה. הגעתי היום לשם אלוהיך, קיבלתי Right, that's not really a Nia. I was saying it's an implicit question. no, no, I take a more I would take a more generous I think I think it means that once he opened up he he started explaining the whole thing and you know which which is much more which is much more understood the total picture because like that's much more consistent with the profile of a Navi that, uh, that people who are asking questions about God the Navi is going to respond to them like that's that's his job that's his that's his calling that he shares the Devar Hashem with people and these are people who are actually interested you know and unlike the people of Ninve you know that he doesn't think really can this be the lesson because he's asked they're asking so you own it Okay, because this is not the people of Ninveh. Don't be the people of Ninveh. Don't be the people of Ninveh. In the end, they're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. We're reading that last night in the Rambam's Teshuvah to Obadiah Gir. 
that you know the idea that the Devar Hashem to, to share it okay it's my job uh, you know the people are asking me uh, what, what's the problem with sharing the Torah with them it's you know that's not going to hurt him and so he tells them is I don't think he I don't think it was therapy like uh, right he seems pretty stoic he doesn't seem emotional at any point in the right. If they were there, but their conclusion is, let's throw this guy off the boat. Right. So, that's probably not a good thing, right? If you're a Jew and you're murdering someone because uh, you think it's... Well, that's why they converted after. They converted after. Yeah, after. If they, if so they had converted what? first, then after they, 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 they would have said 20,000 people were thrown off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbi, you know, you know, you 20,000 civilians. <laughs> Rabbi, in the, and all of them are women and children. Everyone who lives in Gaza has a woman or child. There's actually no adult males. Within the frame of how we heard in the past, that Elohim refers to the Midat Adina Like in, in that frame. Yeah, we, were talk- we had a, like, a long discussion about Shemot Hashem yesterday. Midat Adina versus... Adonai is the Midat So could it be saying that Adonai is that they they have the Yirag Yidolam because right now Yonah is running away from Adonai, not Elohim, in that meaning if it was just the, the objective meaning there could have been Rahamim here as Yonah explains it, but because Yonah is running away from that version of God, therefore they don't have that meaning once you once you ignore the recognition of Hashem's Rahamim, it doesn't come to you anymore. So the, the Yirah comes from the fact that, they, that he's, he's not giving, he's running away from Adonai. And maybe that's what they recognize, is that it's Adonai that he's running away from. Not just that he's running away from God in the objective Why term. would that be different? Because if it was just from Elohim, okay, so he's running away from, okay, meaning this is the way of the world. Like, I could be stoic here because that's what happens. Sometimes ships get washed over. Yeah, the shipwreck happens. And, okay, that's, that's part of the risk of going out to sea. But over here, Yonah is telling us that specifically he's running away from Adonai, and there, there could have been a Hamim here. I, he could have had Ashtafakrati. He's on a level that he could have had Ashtafakrati. But he's sort of foregoing that in that he's running away from Adonai. That's interesting. It's possible. I do think that, there, that the Shemot Hashem changing from Perak to Perak are very, very significant in this book in particular. We talked about it a lot yesterday. We talked about like why Aleph Dalet Nun Yud is a substitute for Yudke Vavke, why that specific name is, is one. Um, but uh, Yudke Vavke means it means the absolute. That's the Shema Meforash. But the Rambam always says Aleph Dalet Nun Yud is the same. Anytime you, even though we say Aleph Dalet Nun Right? But Yudke Vavke and Avdal Nunyud are accorded the same status in Halakha. Whenever there's something that's Shema Mifash, according to the Rambam at least, he always says whether it's Avdal Nunyud or it's Yudke Vavke, it's the same. So, the, and, and the reason would seem to be because Elohim is a reference always, it can also be used to mean judges, it can also be used to mean forces of, of various kinds. It, it's referring to Hashem as the source of the order 
order. Like judges are the source of law and order in the society, and the, and God is the source of order in the creation. It's you know that's why it's midatadin because it means like facts don't care about your feelings. You know I mean, the scientific laws, what however nature works, is indifferent to uh, to you. Hashem is outside of the uh, uh, outside of nature. Yudke vavke refers to God in and of Himself. Not in connection to anything else. Hashem, the word Yudkevavke is never attached to anything. Like a cha or, or my or yours or his. The word Yudkevavke never is. Never is. It can't be. It's, it, it's not related to anything. So what about Adonai? Adonai means master, right? My master, right? My master is actually. So, so Yudkevavke is the superiority of God. It reflects the superiority of God. The, the essential... Uh, the necessary existence of Rambam would say, I mean, the absolute existence of God is Yudke Vavke, but and that's really what makes God superior to all other things, distinct and superior, right? Adonai is saying that, but from our frame of reference, he's superior, he's Adon, right? It's th- that's the that's why it's used for the substitute. It's, it's, it's a more accurate usage than Elohim, which could mean other things. Because Elohim is right. Elohim is not his superiority to all. It's the fact that he's the source of the order. Right. It's not referring to directing our attention to his superiority. It's directing our attention to the order that he and balance that he that he puts in each one. So when Yitro brings a korban, that's because he recognized God through seeing the order. And then when, what does he criticize Moshe Rabbeinu about? His administration of justice. And he says, Right? That's all Elohim. And then right after that you have Elohim when he gives Matan Torah. This is the, the idea of the... Because Yitro said, Kibat Davar Asher Zatu Aleichem. What was it that showed Yitro that God was the real God? Because there was justice in the way that the Dimitrim and the Jews were treated. Keep, because the, the, you know, so, anyway, that's So, keep the idea of the names in mind. When Yonah speaks to them, he mentions Hashem. He doesn't mention the relationship with the Jewish people. Hashem Elohei Hashemayim and, uh, and, and the Yam and the Yabasha. In other words, he's talking about God as the God of creation. But he's also referring to him as Yud Kevavke, which means also distinct from creation. The one who utilizes, creation is a tool in the hands of God. It's not something that God is just the source of, but it's actually an instrument in the hands of God, which is why he can do miracles. Because God can do miracles because he's separate from creation, right? He's not, this, he's not a slave to creation. He's not, it's not a necessary, not predetermined the way it has to be. Okay? So that's a shame, by the way. Now, when they say, whenever there's a conversation between a Navi and a person, another person, like I had mentioned also about Yosef, with Potiphar and the whole thing, that when it says that, that, that Yosef, that, that Potiphar saw that God was with Yosef, how did Potiphar know Hashem is with Yosef? Like we said yesterday, it means that Yosef obviously talked about it. He obviously spoke about it. He obviously had many discussions with Potiphar about his ideas of God. It was who he was everywhere he went. So if you saw him succeed, you knew that it was related to his relationship with God. Now that's, so once you see, and it was, you see here that, that when they saw that it was a, it was a result, means that he explained to, him, to them this whole picture, this whole, you know, the entire background and this whole picture of what was going on, as well as obviously having explained to them what it means and why, seemingly explained it to them. So now they understand 
but they also understand that that means that there's no actual escape. Like you, I think that's sort of what you're saying. There's no escape within nature. Because if this is something that's coming from beyond nature, and it's coming from the what is that from supernaturally. So there's no way to get out of it. From oh, we'll go back to shore. Or they try that. I was you know, saying that from yeah. the opposite way. What were you saying? Meaning that I was saying the way I would have been the Ashkafatrati. I was focusing on the fact that they could have gotten out by the Ashkafatrati. It's really it's right. Yeah, but your your focus is more on if it were just nature, then there could be a way out. Now that they know this is clearly a function of some hashkacha pratit for an onish, right? So to, to correct Yonah's direction, so he's not going to be able to uh, to get around it. So Yonah seemingly must have thought that once I uh, once I disconnect from a nevuah perspective from Hashem, I'm off the radar. I, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I, I turned off my uh, my Wi-Fi and, uh, and my I my find my phone. I disabled it, and uh, you got you know, now yeah, there's no right. Like like when the when those when the guys from uh, Qatar went and they turned off their phones because they were going to some undisclosed uh, location. So that that's that's what you'll not figure. There's not going to be any. Obviously, he didn't anticipate this. He thought he was going to get away before the next message came. He didn't think that God was going to intervene in the physical world to bring him back around, right? That that must be because he didn't anticipate this this turn of events. What is God's purpose here? God's purpose is he obviously wants Yonah to learn something. It's it's for Yonah's development and ultimately for the shlichut. In other words, Yonah's being given the shlichut, it becomes clear, is partially educational for Yonah. He needs to grow from understanding and accepting the shlichut and executing it. It's not just the shlichut in Yinveh that's important. Which actually can can answer the Radak's question, because it can answer, answer the Radak's question of why this sefer is important. Because if part of it was a limud uh, of Yonah, that Yonah had to learn something from this experience, that means we also do. Right? Meaning, even though it's through a shlichut to a non-Jewish nation, it was in order to educate a Jewish prophet. And therefore has value for our understanding of Darchei Hashem also. Okay? No, I don't think so. Well, we'll see. There are stages. There are stages. But, but, but first, but first, like just like the Rambam says in Marne Bukhim, about hashkacha pratit, that hashkacha pratit is actualized at a different level when the person is reflecting on Hashem. This is a big principle in the Mordechai Bukhim. And therefore, that's why he says the Avot had the highest hashkacha pratit, because they never disconnected their minds from Hashem. Even when they were doing mundane things, they were only thinking about God. And even in ordinary Navi, bad things could happen to them when they're not thinking about Hashem, because they're, they're not under the Tachat Kanfei Ashkina at that time. So, what, so Yonah seemingly thought he could work that to his advantage, meaning that just like the Ashkacha Pratit is weakened when you're not thinking about God, also I won't have the Ashkacha Pratit of Tikkun if, uh, if I'm not on the, uh, on the radar of God. But that didn't work that way. Hashem pushes him. He has to, he has to, so the first thing he pushes him to do is he creates a situation where he is 
speaking about the situation to and, and, and taking on his prophetic role that he tried to escape by having to talk about God to these people. He's, you know, he's, te- he's teaching the people about Hashem, which he was running away from. So, Yama, to Jordan's point, uh, could it be that right now it kind of starts Yonah's sort of rehabilitation in this case? Because maybe, maybe according to the opinions that he was, he was running away, maybe he was nervous that the people of Nineveh were going to kill him. If you like, whenever he gives, he delivers the message. Right. He might be starting to move, but I think there's a lot more moves to make between now and the Kikayon. There's a lot more moves. Go ahead, go ahead. This is the beginning of it. He won. Right, so so what's very interesting is he's willing why didn't he offer them that before? But why didn't he offer them that before? When they came and said, What are you doing? He could have just said, Look, I'm not answering any question, just throw me over it's my fault, just throw me over. Why didn't he wait till now? Right, it's 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 uh you know he went through this whole thing of this whole conversation and now uh, he could have offered them that that, that solution before. It's part of his stoicism. Maybe it's completely in different situations. Like, or maybe he realizes through his conversation with us, it is my fault. I think but he knew that before. I think he knew that before. He's, he, he seems to be only responding to everything. I mean, it's completely consistent with how he's going about the entire. It's like I'm gonna be quiet. If you ask me something, I'll reply. I'm going to say a really controversial thing. I'm going to say that I think that once Yonah taught them the Shem Hashem and they understood it, and he saw that they really recognized and understood it, he said, "I, I I can't allow these people to be destroyed now. I have to, I have to, I'm willing to let them throw me overboard. Meaning that he because but the irony is that when it comes to Ninveh he didn't he didn't want to even help them he wanted them to be destroyed right even though they recognized because all they recognized was Elohim meaning they realized they were out of sync with the laws of nature that's not really so holy but these people actually now recognize Hashem and they even pray to God Vaikuel Adonai Vayomo Anna Adonai they're calling out to Yud Kevavke not to just uh they, meaning, he taught them, uh, he became, he was Mizaket Arabim, he got them on a level of recognizing Hashem, and he's like, okay, now, so you see, he's still resisting his shlichut. He won't go through with the shlichut, but he's also not going to let them go down with the ship, because now they're Yod'e Hashem Be'emet. He's not going to do it. He can't do it now. But that still doesn't fully answer the question of why he didn't volunteer that information before they Because asked. he hadn't taught them yet. No, but he did, he did teach them. It, now they, have been the next now they said, what can we do? Meaning in the course of the conversation, what can we do? And he said, throw me over. Why can't this be like part of your that you're seeing that these going... They're able to understand God. Right, they got the message. Now he's realizing maybe the isn't... For some reason, right, so that's the thing. For some reason, his, his, his premise is that Nineveh, I know, is not going to be 
then I'm not going to be able to teach them Shem Hashem. Because later on, you'll see only the name Elohim is there. In the uh, in Ninveh. He recognizes that their, their Teshuvah is a practical Teshuvah. Their Teshuvah is a pragmatic Teshuvah. They realize that they are suffer, going to suffer consequences, divine consequences, because of their actions. Not because of an Ahavat Hashem or a genuine admiration for Hashem as an abstract idea, as a true idea. Just because of the impact on themselves. He's like, that's not a real Teshuvah. I don't, I don't hold by that Teshuvah. You know, it's like, uh, it's like a Rabbanut Hekshir. But you can see why why he's compared to Eliyahu. Yeah, he's uncompromising. It's like either it's a real teshuvah or it's nothing. These people did a real teshuvah, fine, but that still doesn't mean I'm going to help those people of Ninveh, so throw me over. I don't know, maybe, I'm not sure I remember. What, what happened? Oh, you can't remember? I'm just trying, it, it's hard to hear. Oh, oh, I don't remember. Right, there is such a thing. Right, there is such a thing. I don't remember what sefer it was, but I remember. Yeah, when there is a there is a maturity in doing teshuvah because you recognize consequences. That's teshuvah meyirah, like the most basic teshuvah meyirah. That when when Mishlei talks about yirah Tashem, most of the time he's talking about that. He's talking about recognizing that there are consequences for actions and taking responsibility for it. Rabbi, you know, I don't mean to, to take us on this tangent, but I think it's related just because we keep on... You know what that means. It always frustrates me when we, there use, goes the rest of the book. we use Yirat interchangeably for, for two very different terms. It's not. Go ahead. So it seems like we use Yirat both to describe something that more resembles like fear of... That is fear of consequence, but also Yirat is in awe, which is a completely different thing. And, it, and it's very frustrating to me that we that we use this term that the Imam says brings you to Avad Hashem for the same thing that's like, oh, you're afraid that God is going to smite you because you did something bad. Right. It means that um, Yirah, right? So what is the what is the dual Avah the Yirah thing? Avah is the yearning to know God more and to come closer to God. Yirah is the recognition of your own insignificance and smallness and nothingness in front of God, right? Yeah, but in relation to those things, meaning you look out at the stars. That's what you're adding. I'm saying, I know, but he's talking about Yirah Amitit. I'm saying, but also Yirah, the the primal level of Yirah or Yirah Tchet, you know, something like that, is the idea that there are consequences, meaning knowing that I'm vulnerable to the consequences of my actions is also a knowledge of my own vulnerability. Understand what I'm saying? There is a generic idea of yirah that includes both. It's just that one is a higher level of yirah, obviously yirah of uh, uh, of uh, just seeing my innate inadequacy in light of God's awesomeness and greatness, you know. And the other one is really realizing my inadequacy in the sense that I don't control all the factors that affect me, and I'm subject to consequences. And if I do something stupid, I'm going to have to deal with it, with the, with, with the results. That's also a yirah. That's why a person is very careful doing something because they know, let's say you're doing something very delicate. 
you know, that you know the slightest mistake could be disastrous. So you're, there's, a, there's a recognition of your own capacity for messing up and the, and the consequences of that. Right? In the physical, it's a more basic version. Um, but there's also a sense of your inadequacy and your frailty when you think about in the ultimate sense. Obviously, that's a higher, that's a higher type of... Uh, it's not yurat onish. It's, it's, you know, it's yurat romemut, they call it. Yurat onish is... But, but they're both yurat because they both have to do with my, my vulnerability, my, you know, my smallness. It's like right if you look. I like this feeling. Answers a lot of questions. It, it depends. There's on a lower level of Yira, which is Yirata Onish, and there's a higher level of Yira, which leads to Ava, which is Yirata Romeo. Right, the Yirata the Onish doesn't lead to. Use, uh, it's a pretty important term. It's a pretty important term to say, yeah, why should a mistake? Like, you often hear people. People. people the reason why I'm sensitive to it yeah. is because I've heard a lot of people, I hear a lot of people use the lower type of Yira as if it's the That's the highest level. Yeah. The, the good, a lot of musar, a lot of musar. They they have the fire yeah. and brimstone. Yeah, right. You're right. I mean, that is a problem. I, I'm, I I agree. That's uh, it can be misleading sometimes. But I think the reason why they have a a common denominator between the two of them is because of that. Because they both have to do with recognizing my my my, my vulnerability, my my limits. You know, one is my limits in terms of control over the consequences that will will affect me from my behavior. So therefore, I have to be very careful. And the other one is my limits in terms of, uh, you know, standing before God, seeing His greatness, the, in, the intrinsic God. But, but yeah, I hear you. You could say that the, the year that shows you how, how insignificant you are in relation to spiritually does bring you to that fear of what can happen to you. Oh, I was going to say the opposite. I thought you were going to say the opposite. I was gonna. I, I, I was gonna say. It, it, once you started speaking, I thought you were gonna say something opposite of that. That maybe my my sense that I'm subject to forces, beyond, that I'm vulnerable to forces beyond my control, and therefore I have to be careful so that I don't incur consequences, can lead me to seeing that there's a grander reality, even you know, than that. I don't think that's usually. No, maybe not. But it could be a, if you're if you move in that direction, you can le- come to Yerat Romamut from the Yerat Onish. Because Yerata Onish is actually a function of Romamut. In other words, the reason why the, the, there's a system yeah. that dispenses consequences that I'm subject to is because God is above me. Yeah, but I think it works the other way around. Meaning, yeah. it's one, when you really, I, I, this is my, my thought, I'll give you some really off. Uh, I, I think psychologically, whenever you see the greatness, meaning, you see the greatness of God's creation, so you realize how small and insignificant you are, and therefore how great God is, and then you. Through that, you could feel also, oh, well, this God who was so great that was able to create all these awesome things also has the ability to wipe me out in one... Right, you know why I don't like that way of looking at it? I'll tell you why. I I only don't like it because it moves from a very lofty spiritual type of yirah, of actually genuine, to worrying about my own, like, uh, material welfare as the goal of it, as the end of it, you know what I'm saying? Meaning most people start with a sense of how do you learn that there's a reality outside of yourself, like we were talking about earlier, because you come into conflict with that reality when you do things and you get hit by the consequences. You're so then you learn, you see, of 
of Onesh brings you to the because you re- you see that there's that a reality you. that I don't is see them as a no because you see that there's a reality that is greater than you that is that is impacting you when you push in a certain direction it pushes back at you right so as you explore that reality that's pushing back at you eventually you discover that it comes from something even higher it comes from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. so it leads to the Yeratzer of seeing the greatness of God in and of itself. But it started with seeing, with you just butting up against reality and receiving consequences. I don't know, that, that's how I would think of it. But let, let's, I don't yeah, want, Adam is literally going to take a plane back tonight. If we don't, if we don't keep going. Let, let's, let's keep going. Lorraine's going to revoke the I can just see him. He, he's going to go to, uh, He's gonna go on to the standby at the airport and be like, please take me up, take me up. Take me take me to Tarshish, I'll play for everyone on the plane. (laughs) Okay. They don't even throw him off. They tried, they didn't want to do it. Right? They made an attempt to bring him back. They go back to the shore and it didn't succeed. They're not going to anymore. They're not going to be Jewish now. Now they're Jewish. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not Okay, the only person who doesn't want to is Yona. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. funny. That's funny. This is greater recognition of God than any Jew that I ever saw. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the... They're, they're praying only to the name Yudke Vavke, which is the unique name that is given to the, uh, you know, to Moshe Rabbeinu, they're given to Am Yisrael, the most sophisticated understanding, and they're praying to him and saying, Kasher Chavatta Azita, really recognizing that Hashem is beyond any limits, beyond nature. He controls his master of everything. That's the highest level of recognition of God. And they're saying, we have to do this, but don't, bla- you know, don't hold us accountable for this. We don't want to be, meaning we don't want to be punished for, we're, we're throwing this guy overboard. As far as they know, they're killing him, basically, to save themselves. I don't see why they have to do this. Huh? If they're real gonna... righteous, why do they have to do this? They don't have to do this. They, they could die. all go down with the ship. They could? Wait, so so what so therefore what? So 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 they the learning is loud enough that they have to scream and have a wrestling match too in the middle of the video. 
They're they're obviously acting out uh, the, the, the the parasha of uh, Yaakov and the uh, the wrestling. Um, anyway, no. So th- that's a very very interesting point. Why are they not? Why don't they have a moral obligation to say oh, we're going to go down with the ship? What's the answer? Well, you're not allowed to kill somebody to save your life. No, because they're all dead. Oh, they're saying he's a rodev. It's like abortion. <laughs> yeah, but how you, you're, not, you're, not sure, you're not sure of the idea that he's a rodev. Maybe that's the Svarada. I'm saying they had the girl that they, that they did. He's like a rodev because he had, yeah, because he attached themselves to him. He brought it upon them. Like he got, in, he brought himself in a situation. He's basically causing them to die. So they have a, le- a right to do it. It's self-defense. Because he taught them Shulchan Aruch, obviously. Wait, but they're, they're, they're saying, it's also, the, it can also be kind of a law. They, they, they survive this. It's a broad term because they use it for abortion also. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like... We might are you, live. Are you killing it might be like a Titanic situation. He grabs yeah, onto a... You might, you might think you're not, but you're throwing a guy in the middle of an ocean. You think he's going to survive? How do you know he can't swim? It doesn't matter if he can swim. Hyperthermia. What if it's warm? It doesn't matter if it's cold. It doesn't matter. You're going to die of... It doesn't matter. The, no water anywhere is less than. It's like a Gemara where they say maybe it was, maybe there's a boat there. Maybe he had maybe floaties. Else is come right. Even so, he, he can last. Maybe it's like he can last two hours, three hours, four hours. That it's only there. You know the Gemara where they like maybe it was a Nanas. It was less than. Far enough where a whale comes and eats him and swims him back to shore and spits him out. Like in the second Shabbat, it's like close to shore. When he receives the thing. In his hand, then it has to be within three tvachim of the ground to be hanachaz. So maybe he was in the nas. No, you die. <laughs> if you fall in the middle of the ocean anywhere, you die. Anywhere. <laughs> you know, Any okina. Okay. <laughs> 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 that only happens in Castaway. If you if you know like how how boats operate in the ocean, like they have a time clock. If, you, if someone like falls overboard, they have like twelve minutes to save them. Or why is it really that little? It's something very very small. Wow. It depends on the time. It cannot be. Don't you guys watch The Greatest Catch? I've never even heard of it. Like this, uh, it's, uh, they, like fish for different fish in the oceans. And they throw people overboard? No, people sometimes fall over. And, oh, like, this is a good question. It's always a commercial. Wait, so so yeah, so so one answer, one possibility, one answer that I thought was the Rodif answer might not be wrong, meaning. They perceived him as he endangered them. He put him. He put himself into the situation, and he told them, "You can throw me over." Meaning, I brought. I brought this upon you. I'm. I'm causing you to die. I'm like a rodef, so you can eliminate me. That that seems like a good halachic answer. The other possibility is that you know, killing somebody to save yourself is a sur. Under what thing? Under what? Under what? Under what? What violation is it? Why are you not allowed to kill somebody to save yourself? Because your blood is red. Right, but it's it's actually under the rubric of. You, you have to die. You have to die. Yeah, right. It's 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 something. Yeah, it's the Arig Val Yavor. They don't have so they don't have that. They don't have the Arig Val Yavor. Maybe they right. But it's not necessarily murder to save themselves. Meaning that halacha that you're not allowed to kill somebody to save yourself is a, is a halacha for Jews. It's not necessarily for non-Jews. So, so the midrash that they were makes no sense. No, they did it when they got back. They, not, they didn't make a bit din on the boat. They're speaking about Hashem now. Perhaps they killed him. And they did. Right, because it, no, because if they had converted first, then it would have been in Al Jazeera, all the bad, the other bad. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
the, 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 the so, Midrash is cute, but it's not literal. Okay, but I think the Rodef idea is not a bad idea. I think it's it's not a bad idea. It's sort of uh, because the point is, I he's telling them throw me over because I I caused this to you. I'm causing you to die. I don't want to bring you down. I'm killing you by being here. So you, just like a woman who was dying in childbirth, and they have to abort the baby to save the mother. It's like it's a similar situation. I think think you could make a good argument for that. I never saw anybody explicitly make that connection, but it seems very reasonable. Um, okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, keep going, keep going. So you have your ah, uh, the people again. They really like this spirit. Oh. Oh, this is when the Mikael. Yeah, this is what they say. Right, so Rashi says, Right? Meaning that this, they saw the, uh, first of all, what Yonah taught them. So Yonah gave them, taught them about God to the point that they were calling out to the one true God, Borei Olam. And then they saw the result of it. They saw the actions of the Ashkacha in saving them once Yonah was gone that showed that he was the master of the Yam and the Yabasha and the, and, and the Shamaim. And so they became real believers in Hazar Yishma. By the way, the higher level you are, it's like you're out there on the boat. That's very good. support the way that you were saying yeah. the progression from you're out of Onesh to you're out of Onesh. Yeah, it comes second. Yeah. So, and, and, it's, and if I remember correctly, right, it says, it says there, Vayaminu Anshe Ninvei Belohim. It doesn't say, it doesn't say the word Vayiru. interesting. It doesn't use Yir'ah in Ninvei. It also doesn't use the word Yirkevavke. Maybe because for for the people on the boat, they're they're feeling it acutely. Versus for Ninveh, they they're just going off of the words of Yonah. So they believed what he said and then they changed. Because they never had the they didn't have fear, had, but I'm, right. They had, like in this context is a visceral fear. Right, it was an immediate thing. And except the one at the end. The one at the end yeah, is a yeah. genuine by you. That's a Yurata Romimut, not a Yurata Onish. Right, that's very good. Right, so that's the transfer. So they did a real genuine teshuva, you know, and and that's why Rashi says they uh, they uh, they became hidgayru. Uh, right? Interesting, and and you see that they made a, they made a, they they promised nidarim to Hashem, which could be vayizbechuzevach Hashem and vayidron nidarim. Usually, yidron nidarim could be like uh, like. One of them could be a korban toda because they were saved from like a perkatigol mail type of situation, you know. But vayidirun nidarim is like offering more, meaning there's even more. They they went beyond. They had they developed a relationship with Hashem. They had a genuine relationship with Hashem, and that for that Yonah is happy to facilitate that. He what he do, doesn't seem like he wants to put his stamp on is a, a non-genuine teshuvah, which is just a, a teshuvah that's limited by. By, by the personal interest of not wanting to be destroyed, that's not a real teshuvah la, lashem, meaning to your give up. It's not a real. Whenever you see teshuvah, you never see vishavta ad Elohim. You always say vishavta ad Adonai Elohecha. It's all that it always has to have that selfless element to it, that transcendent element to it, and that doesn't exist in Ninveh. It does exist in the people on the boat, and it could be partially because of the experience that they were having and what they saw and the miracles that they saw. Well, but that's how the Jewish people also came by Yaminu Hashem. It's okay, you know. The nidarim. Yeah, either way, so they became balei chesed. That's good too. 
meaning that it changed uh, their view of the world, it changed their attitude. I like the idea that they became Jews. It's, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So there's a very good story from Rabbi Ben Chaim about this. You know this? <laughs> you love this. One time, here in the Shiraz Rabbi Ben Chaim, he said, you know, Ibn Kaspi says that this entire book of Yonah was all a dream. Because it says, in the beginning. And the Rambam says in Moran Bukhim that anytime it says, it means, uh, it means it's a nevuah. It didn't really, she says, and that makes sense because how could it be that you know somebody went in a da- belly of a fish for three days and he lived in a bed? It's impossible. It's going to be. It must all be in a dream. And the whole thing was to teach Yonah through this and that's what Ibn Kaspi if you look at Ibn Kaspi that's what he says that it was a dream I, I don't know if he said it's a dream when he goes to Nineveh at the end but definitely the, the first part maybe the boat and the, and the fish was a, was a, was a, a dream so, so he was saying you know when there's no uh, there's nobody who could survive in a, in a fish and so, right, and so then then the uh, somebody there who was like a more let's say traditional minded person like didn't like the right like a more mainstream person happened to be there that day in the show Rabbi, what do you mean? It's a, of course, it's, he, he, it says that he was swallowed by the fish. What do you mean? How could it be a dream? Of course, it really happened. And then Rabbi Ben-Khan said, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. There was an article about somebody who once was swallowed by a fish, and then a few days later, it's been a minute. It could be. He, back, he backtracked on the whole thing. But it's true, and even Kaspi, it says that. It a dream. And there was some article about a guy who was like swallowed by a fish and spit out. So he, he was telling the truth, but it was just funny that he started out by saying, it couldn't possibly be, and it was a dream. And then one objection from the peanut gallery, like, uh, and then he said, actually, no, you're right. Like what he said about Yoshua with the Ralbag, with the sun standing still. Because he right the Shemesh Bagivon Dome, right? So he said, the Ralbag, I mean, this is a well-known chapter. He came and he said one day, the Ralbag says an amazing thing, that it doesn't mean that the sun really stood still. It just means that they did the Milchama so fast, it was as if time was standing still. It's like, it's an amazing chat That must be the, uh, you know, that must be the meaning. It makes so much sense. And then the next day he went to YU and he told the guys, I saw a very strange chat of the Ralbag. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, you I, were there, I think. I you told me, yeah. I, I, I made a you told the originator me, of the yeah, story. I heard the one half of it. And one day he was like, Mahaj, like, and he said that he had a similar instance with, um, with like, uh, science and the Gemara. And he'd be like, he really is an example of like what the uh, what the Rambam says in Marne Bukhim is like he shows something and yeah. the time. He does that all the time. Yeah, he does he does it all it's like a shita. And, and it is because he knows somebody is ready to hear it, they'll hear it, and then for the time when he said, "How could the Zohar?" He said, "How could the Zohar mention Amoraim that lived hundreds of years after Rabbi Shmuel 
So he's like, you know, obviously some parts of the Zohar that came later, they were added in. It wasn't from Rabbi Shabbat Yochai. It's like probably a lot of the, a lot of it was from different. So then one person was like, no, the Ari says that in Ruach, with Ruach HaKodesh, Rabbi Shabbat Yochai saw all the Amoraim and everything they were going to say, and he wrote it all down in the, in the Zohar. And Rabbi Ben Chaim said, if you want to believe that, you know, that's, that's okay. He's like, I don't believe you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there he got a. Yeah, he, he told, he's like, I, I don't believe that, but if you want to, Ashrecha, or something like that. <laughs> but uh, then why didn't Rabbi Shon Bar Yochai foresee the entire Gemara? They wouldn't have had to write it. Why did he only foresee the Zohar? He could have foreseen all the Amoraim of the Gemara, 300 years worth of. Anyway, okay, are we continuing on? Or yes, okay. If anytime you think you are in a shul that you are uncomfortable, just remember that he was in the belly of a fish and he still was able to be mitpalel. Okay, let's, let's get a sense about the Tfilah. So, so, we need to get an idea of what is the, what kind of a Tfilah is this? A Tfilah always means in Tanakh some kind of change that the person is going through, right? Some kind of change in perspective the person is going through, right? Now, does Yonah doesn't really ask for anything in this Tfilah. It's not the typical Tfilah because a Tfilah is usually a person formulating based on a new perspective asking something of God like Chana when Chana comes to Hashem and says I oh there you go <laughs> she asked the first one the first one I'm saying the first filah is a request based on a new perspective right the last one she does not even there because she says is it, she, is it she asks for the Mashiach is it based on and, it, and it's through Shmuel is it based on a new perspective or is it where you develop the new perspective? I think, I think it's hard to say the, because when we're reading the tefillah as presented in the Tanakh we're seeing the completed package we don't know like it says that Moshe Rabbeinu prayed for 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain but all we have is one paragraph either he was really really slow like the, the, in those Kabbalistic minyanim where they read one, one page you know, each page has one word on it and it takes them like three hours to Amidah. Or, you know, or there was a lot more going on in his process and this is just the completed product that we're seeing in a way that we can understand it. You know, that's what I, I presume. So when you're seeing the Tfilah Chana, there could it could have been much more convoluted and a lot more soul-searching and a lot more elaboration and this is just the Tamtzit of, uh, of what we get. My question is, because my understanding is that the tefillah is, is like the process, not like the any versus like the signature of after you've done the, the process. You know what I mean? Like, like the change happens. I think it's dynamic. I think you know to, in, she obviously went there to pray with a certain idea in mind, and probably as she's praying, it evolves and 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 you know she elaborates on it and gets clarified in her mind, and then what we see is the crystallized thoughts of Tana for posterity. Just like I've said many times, you know, uh, whenever you see uh, a, a statement of somebody, you know, and Paro par said to Moshe such and such, 
and then we're dorish from every word of it. That doesn't mean Paro said, wait a second, I have to select my words carefully because it's going to go in the Torah and it has to be exactly right for all the drashot that you're going to... Right? No, it means Hashem is telling you this is the essence of what Paro said. It's not a quote, right? It's not a quote, mila mila. It's, a, it's the, the content that he said. That's the pshat of it. Maybe I wouldn't be surprised. What about Naval? He has the best name. Disgusting guy. Imagine his breed. They were like the Sandakus. Karesh Mobi Israel Naval. You know that saying? Not what Nimrod or something? So many Israelis. But you do that, right? I've heard, I've heard stories of Ravadia also doing things like that. Like saying, no, the name is this. Can you just read the first pasuk also? You could start from the beginning, it's Okay, so that, that's what we're up to? So what are they talking about? When did he... This is a little interesting. Right, so that was one of the things that, that we were talking about before off of the recording and then Harav Chaim Leftov mentioned also that, uh, that uh, you know, it's, there are opinion, there's the opinion of Ibn Kaspi, which Rabbi Ben Chaim you know, brought to our attention. I actually hadn't been aware of it until Rabbi Ben Chaim uh, mentioned it. You know, he mentions it from time to time. That even Kaspi says in the beginning of Sefer Yonah that this is a this is a dream. The whole thing. I don't know. Rabbi Ben Chaim was saying he meant the whole thing. I don't know if he means the part where he goes to Ninveh or not. If he means the entire thing or he just means through the end of the Dag part. I'm not sure. He might mean the part through the Dag and then the part with the Kikayon. Because both of those involve like kind of supernatural things happening in a very short period of time, sound like prophetic uh, experiences and not real time experiences. But um, but obviously most of them farshim take it you know literally. I don't think it, there's nothing wrong with taking it non taking it as a prophetic vision. We could. It doesn't doesn't affect your emunah to say that. You know, people are overly attached to believing that something has to be literal. If you don't believe something's literal, you're like uh, being heretical. It's a, you believe that it's true and it's nifuah. Whether it happened in physical... If I said I doubt whether this book is actually a valid expression of Tevar Hashem, that's problematic. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I don't know if certain parts are... There are many parts in Yechezkel, for example, or even in Yishayahu, or and where the Nevim do strange things, or Hoshea. You know, where he does strange things. And the Rambam says it happened in a prophetic vision because why would he tell the Navi to go do that? You know? But the Radak will take it literally. You don't have to take it one way or another. Um, you're not obligated to take it one way or another uh, in order for you to be a good Jew. So, so why can't you say, like, so what's the that would say, but, like, and I've heard, like, that it's a miracle. Like, oh, like, Abraham, you know, wasn't it? Like, uh, 
was a person. He was a an idea. He was a personification of this. He was a prototype. So why can't I say that also? Well, I have a problem with saying that once. Well, I'm more intense than that. It's different time. I see that. It was also a picture. Well, that was that was a type of nifuah when they saw Kurt Hashem speak. I'm saying that they didn't come to the mountains. It's already an experience. Nothing, nothing actually physical. Um, I think that if you take because the because the Torah is based. See, if you said, for example, that the mabul wasn't literal, that there are some people who say that, right? So I, that wouldn't bother me as much, even though I'm not sure that that's true. Um, I don't think there was a flood over the entire globe of the earth, personally, but I think that there was a flood. It wouldn't bother me to say that, though, if you said that, because there, because this, the, the truth of the Torah's claims and, and, it's, and, and what it asks of us isn't predicated on whether the mabul happened. Even if the chapter of the mabul was taken out of the Torah, the rest of the Torah would be fine. You understand what I'm saying? But saying Abraham Avinu was promised these things, and therefore, because of the promise of Abraham Avinu and the zechut of everything he did, therefore, we're entitled to this and saying he didn't exist is basically undermining the entire uh, reality of the Torah. Or saying we didn't really receive the Torah at Har Sinai, or we didn't really come out of Mitzrayim, when 90% of the mitzvot are zechel etziat Mitzrayim, so it, it undermines the substance of the Torah. But there's no mitzvah to believe that the nachash was literal. It, it wouldn't that, change anything in the in the validity of the breed between us and Hashem to say that uh, that the mabul was not literal, or that the dag wasn't literal. But it would change something to say that Yitzhak Mitzrayim, where Avram Avinu, or or uh, uh, or Har Sinai was not literal. That's my. That's the, what it seems. Yeah, it has to have enough coming. The things that are purely like a matter of agadah. Yeah, the Chazal say. Uh, a million different, not literally, Lashon Guzma, many different uh, claims about when Eov lived. And then one says, very famous, Eov, Lo Ayav, Lo Nivra, Ela Mashal Haya. Nobody says, you're a kofir. You know, you, how can you say that? Why not? Because it has absolutely no nafkamina for Allah whatsoever, or for my observance. And even though you could say, well, Yitzhak Mitzrayim doesn't have a practical nafkamina, because I could say, even though it's only metaphoric, I still have to follow, I'm still going to keep the Torah. But, but it's based on the events happening. It's not based on an idea. It's saying that this event happened, and therefore I'm obligated in certain things. It's the relationship that's predicated on the event. Right. It's, right. it's a relationship that is based upon the historical reality of the event. So once you undermine the event, then you undermine the reality of the relationship. Whereas... In Eov, that doesn't. That's just an academic question of when, when and where Eov lived, and if he, he lived is not relevant to anything in my relationship with the Torah. Any incident in the Torah? I don't have that. Yeah. Okay, well, I think I. They weren't exactly really characters. They were prototypes. I think it's what. There were people like that. There was a guy, they wrote a book called Zivyat Khin. Um, I forget what his name was now. Uh, this very hyper-rationalist uh, 
person in the times of the Rishonim who interpreted like Sarah and Avraham are matter and form and they're really metaphors for different ideas. Yeah, they had that. That's why they, some people criticize the Rambam because they said the Rambam's derech of Parshanut like spawned these like heretical darchei uh, Parshanut. But I don't think when you're talking about a story in Navi, the main point of it is the idea the story is trying to teach you. I don't, my, whether or not I observe the mitzvot is not based on Yonah. Right? So therefore, whether it's literal or not that he went into Dag is not that, is not that important. It's an academic question. If it makes you feel happy that he went to a Dag for three days, then you can do, believe that. And if it makes you happier to believe that that he didn't, and it's a metaphor because you have a hard time with the supernatural, uh, you want to minimize the supernatural, like the Rambam says in many places. Okay, that's also good. Either way, it's fine. Elo ve'elo, divrei Elohim chayim. But like we said last night, that means they're both valid. Obviously, only one is real. Either he was in the fish or not. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's a little bit difficult it's to hard. understand. It's a weird Because, first of all, why is it a tefillah? Which we had as a question. Meaning, a tefillah is usually seeking something. You're not seeking huh? What not, is he seeking? Not to die in the mouth of the... Uh, you know, I don't know. Does he actually ask for anything? It's kind of reminds me of the... Why? Hello. Like, you know, Some of the language. Yeah. Because it's an odd time for that. You're in the stomach of a whale. He was saved from motion. He was going to drown. He was alive. In the stomach of a whale. I have a question that you're totally. I want to just throw out a. I want to throw out a weird question that I honestly don't think I ever thought of before, and I don't have an answer for at the moment. If God brought a storm to destroy the boat in order to stop Yonah from going, why did he, why did he save him with a dog? In other words, it looked like he was trying to drown him. Right, he brought the storm. The storm was going to kill him. Was the whole plan from the beginning that a dog is going to bring him back to, 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 to dry land? Or that I was going to eat him? Why couldn't the boat bring him back? Right. Why couldn't he just let the boat go back? Because it said they tried to go back to the dry land and it wouldn't let us. Just shaking him up. Okay, maybe it was, it was an arousal for Tila. Maybe, maybe that, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. The point of it is this Tila. The point. The point is. Right. That's what I'm wondering. Did he also? Oh, so I'm not being like right now. That's what it. It. There are like all these midrashim about how it was planned from so so long before this dog was like waiting for Yonah for forever. Um, the idea is that it, I think the idea of those midrashim is that it was it was part of the plan from the beginning that he would be given an escort back. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, the first pair. Hashem is always makdim their Right, right, right. So, it's, so, so, like what you, what Rabbi Chaim is saying is basically, uh, 
the purpose of the experience, the traumatic experience was to shake him up so he would think about things and then the dog to ferry him back home. Back, back to dry land. Can we literally translate the classic phrase? Sure. Go, go ahead. It gets harder to translate. Yeah, no, that's, that's why I want to... He said, I called out from the... Uh, uh, from suffering my, my crisis. Like hardship? Sarashali, yeah. My hardship. Sar is, is, is narrow. And God answered me. From the from the belly of uh, of the deep, I I supplicated and you heard my voice. What does that mean? He started praying to God when he was in the water. But it sounds like it sounds like he started to cry out in his heart as he was going in the water. Just, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I think maybe it's talking about yeah because look. You threw me into the water. Yeah. Right? So he's saying, I was drowning. In the moment of his drowning, he was crying out to God in his heart, I guess, you know. That it, and he is, this filah is happening seemingly in the Me'ad The Ibn Ezra says, some people wanted to take it out of the shot and say that it happened after he got out of the fish because they couldn't imagine that he was actually saying it filan the fish. But he says that's not the shot. The shot is he was saying it tfilata navi. Because uh, if that were true, then it would have said Right? Oh, but look what he says. He says, "Vatasim li b'cha or e kol tfilat navi uberchato he beruach nevuah." So it means it doesn't mean he was like shuckling in the uh, you know inside the fish like this. It means it was in a vision that he was saying it. He was asleep. He was like out and having a nevuah of this prayer. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are probably, for, I, I'm sure that you know a lot of these tilim were popular songs that people knew, so they they borrowed from it. You know, just like today, we have a lot of times you'll hear in a song like quotations of other songs, or like look at the Israeli uh, singers of today; they're constantly taking snippets from Shira Shirim from different different biblical books and putting it in their songs. It wouldn't be a surprise. Uh, David Melech stole a line from Chana. He borrowed it. He was, he, he was going to be the president of Harvard uh, University. He, was, uh, he plagiarized. He plagiarized a girl. It's even worse. He plagiarized a girl, but she was Jewish, so it was okay. As long as you're stealing her material. Yeah. He's the, it sounds like he's in the fish for three days and he's praying about that when he almost drowned and now in the fish he's having this prayerful 
nivoa or whatever it is. How does it have oxygen in the these are the questions that we don't know the answer to. If you're taking it as Masenisim, then Lo Shualim Shelo. If it's a if it's a prophecy, then also Lo Shualim Shelo. Maybe the only way you can actually shal shilot is if you're going to take it literally. Even then, right? Well, then you would have to. No, then you say it's a nes. Because he had Ashkacha Pratid, he was a Navi. I mean, that's. Not, they breathe, yeah. They breathe. Well, no, that's regular fish don't do that. There's only whales that are mammals. It doesn't say it's a man. Where does it say it's a whale? Dog. It says a dog. It burns its food. It's very acidic. It's really, it's, it's what comes up with it on her. Air. 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 Yeah, it is. But how could he breathe in there and not be digested by the? Why was he not digested by the by the by, by the stomach of the of the whale? It's not. It's not. It's that that I, I, that that whale would have had like the indigest case of indigestion of his life. Then. The mouth is very big, but the stomach is big. How, how size? How big is it? Blue whale has like a size of like a football. Yeah, blue whale's huge. Wow. I don't know about a football field, but it's like thirty feet long or something. No, no, they could get longer. Like no. Ninety feet. I don't think football field. Um, there are like certain like. I have to go really deep in the ground, into the water. So, uh, we don't know it's a whale, but we don't know it's not a whale. I think we'll make it a whale for you. Even if it wasn't. Now it's a whale. In every kid's book that I saw, it was a whale. And it said Jonah and the whale. I mean, obviously, that's it. But the real question is, how did he breathe in there and not get digested? Is this their record of ones that have grown to It's just hard. You either have to say it's a nest, which is fine. Which is fine. It's not like we seem to happen. Still pretty big. For three days, yeah. It was so big. Yeah. It was like it was like the, the, the cell phone batteries of the people in Gaza. They last for two months without electricity. Mine, I, my, my phone doesn't last for, for like one day, it's already dead. And they're still taking pictures of their phone and they don't have any power. Even really what, did you, what did you want to ask? Your brother filled the exact same role that you did. Yeah. Even more unlike that with the Right. I don't think a nest, a nest happening for Navi is not unusual. I don't think it would be crazy. I wouldn't rule out the idea that it was a nest. I didn't say you can't do it. Did I say that? I'm just saying you don't have to say either way. They're both possible. We're fixated on the point that he's saying is in the part of the story. You're, you're focusing on the uh, on the wolf again, as we used to say. It's, uh, because because the fact is like, what is the difference? What is the difference between hashkacha pratzit and hashkacha klavitz? What's the difference between them? But like you know, b'milim What's the difference between it really? Hashkacha klavitz, hashkacha pratzit. What's the difference? 
So you can jump out this window and you, gravity will not pull you to the ground? Whether you get it or not. That's not the essence of what it is. That's just a con- that's just a condition of getting it. What is it? What is my my relationship with Borei Olam versus you know, reality? Right, so normally Hashkacha is under Elohim, right? Hashem is Hashkacha Prati. So I was having a discussion with my son the other day because he was saying Hashem versus Elohim. We're arguing about Shemot Hashem. Interesting argument to have. Topic of argument, but you know about the significance of them in different contexts. And he was saying Hashem is Hashkacha Prati. That was his take on it. And Elohim is Hashkacha Klalit. That's, that's how it's used. Right? But I was saying to him, what is Hashkacha Pratit? Hashkacha Pratit means... Hashkacha Klalit means for the species. Insofar as you are a human. Not Ariel, not Jordan, not Matt. You're, you're a human. So that Hashkacha is Hashkacha Klalit. The ecosystem is Hashkacha Klalit. The, the, the wheat growing in the field doesn't say this is for Jordan's individual you know thing and this is for Arya it's, it's, it's general for the species Ashkacha Klalit Ashkacha Pratit is Ashkacha to develop the intellectual potential of the individual that's what it is okay now obviously when that's for the nation it's Ashkacha Pratit of Israel which is a unique type of Ashkacha Pratit which is somewhere in the middle but Hashkacha Pratit is defined by its goal. Individual providence is, in, is to actualize the potential of the individual or the Ummah in the case of Am Yisrael. Not the material welfare. The material welfare is Hashkacha Klalit. Now sometimes, and this is why the Rambam has so much trouble with the case of the man and the case of the... Because he says that it was necessary for the development of the Jews that they survive in the Midbar. So therefore it was part of the Ashkachak Pratit of the Am Yisrael that they had that miracle. A miracle has to relate in some way to the potential, of the, to the actualization of the unique potential of the person. Meaning it's that which brings you closer to a knowledge and relationship with God. As opposed to the Ashkachak Klalit, which is really for the species. Everyone gets the same. It, op- it applies to everyone the same. Ashkacha Pratit means you are on a level that you earned God to ha- make you a personal education plan. See? You have an IEP, they would say in, uh, right? in, in public school, right? You have a person, you, you, know, you do IEPs for the kids, Rabbi Chaim. Remember IEPs? <laughs> so that, that's, it's a, it's, it, that's what, that's what the Ashkacha Pratit is. Now, so, so could there be a Ashkacha Pratit for Yonah to gain insight into certain things or have certain breakthroughs that then are recorded for posterity in this book for all of Am Yisrael of course there could be why couldn't there be a miracle like that I say it could be I'm not saying it has to be I, I would be okay with it not being but I'm okay with it being for that reason I say we don't have to know You can put it on the list of things you're going to ask the Ribono Shalolam when you get after Me'ab Esri. How about that? I was just wondering, is the dog of Yonah literal or not? Put that on your list. Hashem's response is going to be the matter? He's going to be like, 
You're go obviously you don't belong here, but you don't realize that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Do you understand the story? Yeah. We had a, obviously we had a mistake in the office. <laughs> Okay, okay, go. Alright. Remember, it's Yamim. You messed it up. Big difference. Correction. It actually changes the meaning in a case. Yeah. The only one. Yeah. It's like the only one that's actually important anyway. <laughs> I actually think you said it right, but... Oh, did, maybe I just didn't hear. Because it's a little... It's a little noisy. It's a little noisy. But that's because it's a kama, It's not a kamatz. It's a patak. So. Go ahead, go ahead. My transit. The transit oh, okay. Oh, oh, you threw me into the... Mitsula is the depths of the water. It means water depth, specifically. Watery depths. Bilvav yamin. The heart of the so of the sea, the river encircled me. So it's all of the waves of the sea uh, were, were falling on me, right? Where we, that pasuk is also in uh, in in, in Tehling. That language, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it sounds like the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's, he's describing drowning, obviously. Yeah, I think there are references to waves. Mishbar is that what breaks, right? The waves break? Yeah, the Mitsudat Zion says, Ken yeka'u galea yam. Al-shem shinirei keshovrim etayam vechozrim v'nishbarim. It says the heart of the sea, the currents engulfs me. Exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. The current and the, and, the, and the waves. Right, same thing. Yeah. It's poetry. The point is that he thought he, he was finished. He thought it was over. At that moment... And yet, you would say, well, why were you so worried? I thought you wanted it to be over with. What's the problem? Even when people want to die, when they're dying, it's hard. Yeah, they say that people who jump off the Golden Gate Bridge, they regret it, they regret it as they're going down. But it's usually too late. And the few people who survive say on the way, that, that survive it, they say, like, on the way down, I started to regret it and say, oh my God, I hope I don't actually die. Yeah. So I guess it's easier said than done, the whole uh, jumping over the water. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I said to myself, I have been driven out from before you, right? From before your eyes. But but now right, but now I know I will continue to gaze upon your holy sanctuary, meaning I will once again be able to go to the Beit HaMikdash. Either that the Hechal Kochecha sometimes can be used to mean uh, to mean the Beit HaMikdash, and sometimes it can mean like that he says here, but Beit HaMikdash umkoma nevu'ah. Right? That's what the Radak says. Sometimes a Chalkochecha can just refer to in a spiritual sense, meaning I can continue to... This is when he turns his, uh, his Wi-Fi back on. Right. He's, now he's yearning for now the I relationship can, again. Now turn on again. Okay.
So afafuni means to be surrounded again. It's another word for being surrounded. Right? So, nefesh is until death, like I was about to die. Yeah, I was about to die. Uh, like lehakenu nefesh means to yakenu nefesh means to kill somebody. Right? Yeah. To home the death the sovereignty. Repeating? Yeah, he's repeating himself. Suf chavush the roshi. So suf is the is the you know the um, like yam suf, right? Like yam suf. It's like the, the water reeds are uh, were reeds. on my head, meaning I was descending to the bottom. I, I was I was sinking to the bottom. So. Hit a tip usually means I was faint. No, what? Oh, I skipped one. Oh, the kitzvei harim yarat. I skipped. I went down. The so I went to. I, what is kitzvei? So I went to the bottoms of the mountains because the mountains, you know, they go underwater. Yeah. Like, did you ever see that that Disney short, that Pixar short with the mountains? That, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The lava one. That the mountains go under the water? That's what happens when you have little kids, you know, you see this thing. Anyway, they, they, it's very cute. I only watch it, I watch it after the kids go to bed, only, only in the Shem Shemayim. Okay, so I can say I read um, right, so he's going, So, the, the earth, is the, like, Berichim are the, uh, what do you call the things on the doors? Bar thingies, Brichim. They're in the they're in the Mishkan. Um, what word am I thinking of? What are those called? This river bars before me. Bars, yeah, like the bars. But I thought there was another word for it. Maybe not. The gates of Seoul are locked behind me, and I cannot return to the living. And you lift, you lifted up my life from destruction, Hashem, my God. So what's new? What's new in this one? What's new in this in this part? Because he already said the thing about the water flying, falling over him. So why is he repeating it again? It's like a bad speech. Person repeats himself. It's like a, a, a speech by Nasrallah. Does he think he's going to survive this experience? He, this is after. No, I think this. He's reflecting on. He's in the dog, reflecting on what happened when he drowned. He's not out of the clear. No. Oh, he doesn't know what's going to happen in the fish yet. But he knows he he's alive now, so he's assuming that. Right, because he sees that obviously he was saved in a miraculous way. You know, God doesn't take you this far to dump you. He's uh, not going to make a miracle like that. So, what's the um, what's the uh, difference? The first part we mentioned the waves going over him, and I thought I was going to die, and now I see I'm going to continue to behold your countenance or your hechal kochecha, right? And now he says. Uh, he talks about the depth surrounding him. The soup is by his head. He's at the bottom of the sea, by the bottom of the mountains, and the the, the bars of the earth are, are are surrounding him. It sounds like he's sinking, right? He's going lower and lower. Okay, and and you lifted me, right? You lifted me up. 
Hashem Elohai. Shachar is from destruction, like Lashrit. Uh, right, so, so, so what's... What? Yeah, okay. Could be too. No, I want to know what's new in this section. Is there anything new here? Why is he, is he changing his focus? It can be poetic, poetic repetition. Um, it could be, but I, I wonder if he's adding new ideas each time that he reviews the experience. Otherwise, why wouldn't he just put it all in one unit of describing the experience of the going down and then saying, now I'm going to be saved? The first part, he seemed, I mean, I'm just describing it, I don't know. Just describing, to try to, to bring it in, to, to help think about it. <laughs> the first, there's two halves. Two people I went, I went down, I thought I was dead, I went down, and God raised me up. No, no, for that, for that, I, no, I'm looking at sets of sukim. I'm looking at, like, from Gimel, Gimel until Hay, is, like, one description of being drowned and then being saved, right? And then Vav until uh, and Vav and Zion seem to just be describing the same thing again. Is there a new idea there? Or is it just an elaboration, poetic elaboration? Can it be one? The first idea is praying to actually be saved and then God saves him and then there's the reflection on the fact that God saved him. What's the difference? One is he's in the water praying to be saved and then realizes he's eaten by the whale and he's saved. And then the second one is reflecting on the idea that I was saved. Can I want to see if I can way? fit that in. Huh? I'm seeing if I can sit, fit that in. Yeah. Only the, the reason why you wouldn't be able to do is because it already says by the you know, so it seems like he's already there when he's praying. Right, but I, but that's definitely true. I think here he's recounting what was going through his mind during the drowning. Right, so in the first part he's talking about how he went under the water. The water was overpowering him. And he thought... It still says, you heard me. Not, not, not that you should hear me. Right, because he's already in the dark. But he's describing how you... But Tashlichin is you, it's in the past. Right. Also, right? Meaning... No, I, that makes sense. I was sitting, I was, I was falling, I cried out to you in the trouble. And you answered me, you threw me into the water. Right? And I thought I was... Oh, maybe that's it. The emphasis in the first part is on God punishing him. Because he's saying, how he got into the situation. Right? And he says, meaning you were, you were doing it to me. And then he says, meaning he thought that God was destroying him. Okay, and but now I realize that you want me to continue to behold your echa. Right, right, right. Because you saved me. Exactly. Right, 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 right. Meaning, meaning, have them. But because he's describing how he thought God was punishing, like an echa type of thing, that God threw him away. You cast, you cast me away. How he began, how he realized, how he realized that no, God was saving him. 
right? He's saying, I thought I was rejected, but I will see your Nechal again. How so? Because when the water was dragging me down to the bottom, right? So, so he's describing how he, be- he came to realize that no, that wasn't the case. Right? Uh, he was um, like basically starting with what he what he, what his hava amina was that he was gone. He was God was casting him away, was rejecting him, killing him, and then he saw that he's no, it's not the king. I was chased away, cast away, chased away. But I will continue to gaze upon your Meaning, I thought in that moment that it was all over, now I realize it wasn't. And I had sunk to the bottom. Meaning, what does it mean to sink to the bottom? What is, it, what is the significance of that? All hope was basically lost. All hope of being saved by any natural means was lost. That's the idea of sinking to the bottom. There's no way back. Right? So he thought God had rejected him, and when he sunk to the bottom, that means that there's no manner in which he could get out. It's over. Right? There's no way to get out. To the bottom. So it says he sank to the bottom. Yeah. No, he's saying he fell to the bottom, and at that moment, in other words, God brought him to the point where he completely gave up any hope. And then saved him. When he realized he was there was no way he possibly could have pulled himself out of the situation. Sounds like the, the, the real experience was the one, not the God. The, the God just allowed him for him to have the, the, the step back to his life. So I just thought of something like the, interesting, yeah. Kind of like the big Yeah, I, yeah it's, like a, it's like a transformation, it's a rebirth. And we always focus on a God, but really yeah. it's about the mind. Yeah. And then his, 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 it's very interesting. I, I was just thinking of something. What happens to a person who sinks to a point where basically they should have been dead and God saves them? They feel like they have a new life. Right. They feel like they have a new life, but that life is a gift from God. Right? Their whole existence now they own it. Because they because they because anything they got was only given to them by God. So they no longer feel that they have the right to, to do what they want with their life. Their li- like it says about, if you look at the, the what, what it says about Abraham Avinu in the story, uh, when the, the Rambam describes Abraham Avinu, when he comes out of Morakastim, it says, Nasalones, yeah, tomorrow, Nasalones, and then he went out and started proclaiming the oneness of God. Meaning, because God saved him, he realized, I, I now owe my, I'm going to dedicate now my life to God. What is Yitzhak Mitzrayim place upon us an obligation to be Am Hashem? Because otherwise we would have been destroyed. So our life was given to us as a gift from God. So this Hanas Silas. Hanas Silas. She was given. I went down to the depths and then given a new hope. Right. It's a new, it's a new life. But that, since you feel that life, or like any case where God intervenes in a hopeless situation, Yitzhak is born. Right? Abraham and Sarah had no uh, chance of having a child. Yitzhak is born. Clearly, that child is only is a gift. It's not. It's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. Right. Shmuel is another one. Right. So that. So that. That seems to be the idea. Now he's reborn, meaning he, he has a new 
view of the of the of his life that I am an instrument of God, and he's recalibrated his his, his perspective. It sounds like because he was saved. Very interesting. That was the transformation in that moment. So he can no longer sit and say, "Well, you know, I don't really want to do that." Shlichot. I own you. Right. God says. God says you were thrown away. You basically were dead. I brought you back to life to do this. Right. But he realizes. Then God doesn't need to tell him. He right. He's, he understands it. Right. Now I'm very curious how we're going to interpret. And the, the interesting. The right. And the interesting thing about it is that Yonah still has all of his complaints at the end of the book. Yeah, right. right. That's why. Now but the end of the book. That's why when you read this, this is this tefillah and the and and the way that Yonah talks to the, the sailors on the boat is what makes me resistant to Rabbi Foreman's view. Because Rabbi Foreman's view is that, that Yonah's like this petty guy that he, you know, he, he just resents them that they're getting off scot-free when they behave badly and everyone else. And that's why it bothers me. So like, I like to see Yonah in a, in, he's a Navi of Hashem. So that means like, what he's doing, he's doing out of Ahavat Hashem, out of a dedication to Hashem. When he was machzir, the people, he was mekareb, those people on the boat, and he had them proclaiming the name of God, he's like, I can no longer let you go down on my, you know, on my account. I have to now let you throw me off. Because but, but, he saw... But now he doesn't want to die anymore. Right. He wanted to die on the, on the boat. After he made he doesn't a, actually say that. He just says, I thought it was over. And he, he I thought you were... Going to sleep to me means... Like, I, I thought I, I, that I had a, He's saying, I thought I had a choice. He, Yon, it seems like this, actually. I'm glad you said that because it clarified for me. I think Yonah thought this. There are two options. Either you accept this mission or you die. Or God is going to throw you into the... You cannot run to Tarshish. That's not an option. There, there's no option C. Option A is go to Nimei. Option B is die. Option C doesn't exist. You thought there was option C of going to Tarshish. You can't go see Rav Mazuz. It's not a choice. Okay? So, so that's why, uh, that seems to be why he thought, okay, it's over. God, God cast me away. Because I wasn't going to be, I, I wasn't willing to do this, uh, uh, th- this mission. And, uh, and now he realizes God brought him back. So that, that's, so it seems like he just thought he was going to die because that was option B. Because he had chosen to die. Because he chose to, like, a Navi that's over al Debreyat small, the halacha is, is chayav mita bide shemayim. That, that's, that's what the Rambam brings as halacha. Navi shover al Debreyat small, chayav mita bide shemayim. Like the Navi in, uh, the Navi in Betel. You know, the fake Navi, the, you know, the Navi that, that Hashem told him, don't stop and don't eat with anybody and don't visit anybody. And then the guy says, no, Hashem actually told me that Navi was canceled and you should come home. That's, and then he gets eaten by the lion. He wasn't even I, a hungry I, I, I lion. Think, he was just a, a religious lion. I think we underestimated what happened in the first paragraph. I think the first paragraph, when the, when the sailors did Teshuvah, I think that changed you not. I can't have them die on my behalf. I'll be thrown in the water, but I don't want to die anymore. And that's where the Tzvila comes in. Like, I think that Yonah's idea was, Yonah's idea was, I am in the, my life is dedicated to bringing changing. people to shame Hashem. Yeah, I don't want to go be a, a technocrat bringing people to shame Elohim, you know? I'm not a self-help guru. I want to be there to be, and this, this was what I lived for. And, and that's why, like, in, in the water, he's thinking of Heichal Kuchecha, because I want to I wanna back, get back to my mission of right. preaching. Right. Preaching 
truth of Hashem. Hashem. And of course, he ends up having to go to Ninveh anyway. Yeah, and I really want to see what happens at the end, though. Like, with this thought process in line, right, I want right. to see why his complaints at the end. Like, and he says, Hashem Elohai. He's emphasizing it. Go ahead. I have a question. Yes. Death. 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 Uh, is there any way that he's going to Why not? He's falling down to the same Everything is black. Yeah. Like the water. So it's restarting. Like yeah, it's a new creation. It's a new creation. It's a new creation, new birth. It's like a mikvah. Yeah. Uh, let's keep going. Okay, it's uh, six o'clock, so. Oh, okay. We have uh, four more yeah, Hechal is important. So, Betatev means like my, my soul was failing me. It was becoming faint. Okay? Uh, the, uh, it means to be uh, like... Uh, uh, folded, like the word like Letatev, like we wrapped, like... In other words, I was becoming. As, as my life was being was pulled being, away from me, wrapped away from right, me. Being, it was it was a wrap. It was, was going to be done. Because as my life closes over me, literally. Yeah. Right. I remembered my real mission. I realized. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you get it. I remember my real mission. Right? And my prayer I, I came want, I want to do it again. So that's what suggests to me that Hechal Kochecha, like a, a lot of times in, in Tehilim, the word Hechal Kochecha, the Radak, sometimes interprets it as meaning the Shemai. It doesn't mean the, uh, it doesn't always mean the Beit HaMikdash. Even though here he's taking it to mean Beit HaMikdash. But it means or, or whatever a Hechal Kochecha is any setting that orients the person to the recognition of God. It could be either the Beit HaMikdash or it could be the Shemai. Right, but it's uh, he's saying he's yearning to continue the relationship with God. Going to going back to Pasuk Hey, Ach Osif Leabit is does that mean I will continue to to, to look to look, or does it mean I won't? It means I meaning right. What's this Pasuk saying here? Indeed, I will continue to see. I said. What, what does that mean? I, I was removed from before your your, your your eyes, but I will continue. But I thought I was kicked. I was rejected, but in, but that wasn't true. I thought I thought I was rejected, but now I see that I'm going to continue. Because why would you have sent me a divine intervention to save me if I wasn't meant to continue? The reason why I'm questioning is because it doesn't hmm. flow well with with Pasuk Dalit, where in Dalit maybe. I'm trying to read the, this whole tefillah as a flow of like the hard part to the the. the no, because I think the key thing is vatashlicheni. You threw me into the water. Kol mishbarecha begalecha. They were from you. These waves that were to destroy me. I thought you were destroying me. Yeah. So I said nigrashti. My impression was nigrashti I've been kicked out from before your eyes. It's over. But in, uh, ah, but flow. actually. 
It's not true. I will continue to, 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 to look upon your hecha. Essentially what I'm trying to see is what's the contrast between this I think it's not a contrast. I think it's an opening to the next part. Because then he describes how he sunk to the bottom and God pulled him up. And then in, in Pasuk that's when after, once he's pulled up by Hashem, that's when the his tefillah goes up to the... No, he's saying at, when he was fading out and dying in the bottom of the bottom, then all of a sudden his, his tefillah was answered. It's like at the last moment, my tefillah was answered. When I was about to be expired, my tefillah was answered. Means in my last breath. As my as I was as I was folding up, as I was crumbling up, my life was ending. I remembered God. I don't know. And my prayer came to. Uh, I don't know why I was reading that as like when Hashem wrapped my. Oh no, it's not, that would be no. It's what, so, so explain it again. What, what does this I mean, what, what, mean? What, it, it, it means bitta tef nashi means that the soul was like uh, beginning to expire. Bitta tef alayna. It means it's folding up, like a folding of a talit. Bitta tef nashi, wrapping up. The waves are crashing over you, and it's the middle of a hurricane. Right, there was also a storm going by. I just watched the video. Wait, wait, so do the last two so we can. Let's finish the paragraph and then now this is an interesting caveat pasuk that maybe foreshadows the future. Here, go ahead. What does that mean? The people who keep empty, empty, meaningless things. Okay? Meaning, Rashi says it means or people who are who, people who are believers in other gods. The, the Forno says, the Seforno contradicts. Wait, 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 what is this saying? Mishamirim, people who are. Mishamirim Havleshav means those who are idol worshippers. The ones who are guarding this. this people uh, who Havleshav. People who are Mishamirim means to hold on to to, to, to preserve Havleshav like empty things. Those who worship will idols, abs- right, will, ab- will, ab- will uh, abandon Hastam their kindness. Chastam yazov, whatever, whatever good things they seem to have are, are, are fleeting. They're not, they're not really. Oh, is that what it's saying? Or chastam yeah. to their idol worship, yazov, they'll, they'll, they'll he, stop the, doing. The Farshim interpreted as he's talking about the people on the boat. But I really don't think that, the, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read it that way. They're meaning that the people on the boat who made such a big deal that we're going to be pious now and all that, really they're idolaters and chastam yazov. They're not really going to be, they're not really going to be. Uh, oh, I, I, I don't know. I think of it as he's saying, maybe he's saying like my mission. I can follow through with my mission, which is those who are idol worshippers, they'll give up their idol worship. No, chasdam is a whatever, whatever chasdam, whatever chesed they seem to have, whatever chesed they do to their idol worship. Oh, that's how you're interpreting it. No. All the mefarshim say it means ancheas finash ayukorim elav. And it says, Chazdam means Shayu Choshvim. No, that's the. Wait a second, I want to read the, uh, the, the Radak. Anchez Fina Shayu of Dealilim. Vehem Mishamrim Havlei Shav. They keep, they hold on to false things. Yadati Shachashinim the two Menatzara. Yazvu Chazdam. Shayaru et Hashem Vizakuela Benadu Nedarim. Lo Yikaimu Mashinadu. They're going to, whatever promises they made are empty because they're not really committed. But that doesn't And that's why he's going to the next I'm the real deal. Uh, 
Hashem talks to Also, not saying literally. But Hashem now, now, that, now that nobody's here, we can say. Trying to, trying to learn how the Zinu Hashem is. Because that's not Hashem saying. That's Hashem's talking to this guy. Which is totally normal. Didn't Kain and Havel have something with Vayomer and nothing was said? What was the story? Yeah, Vayomer, Kain, Elhevel, Achid, Vayomer, Elhevel, 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 don't do it. Yeah. Hey, put that down. What, 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 is, what does it mean when, when there's a Vyomer and nothing happens? Because <laughs> no, it's kind I mean, of... It's yeah. irrelevant, what they said. Yeah, it's not important. The point right. is that they went to have the a conversation. Is, is like, hey, let, wanna, let's have, like, I'd like to have a few words with you. No, I'm saying in the... What are you talking about? Kind of story? Yeah. Oh, that's the... Yeah. No, the shot of Vyomer Hashem Ladag is that he willed him to... Look, it doesn't yeah, mean... Yeah, I know. Not. But but that doesn't that tell you that this isn't is it literal? Well, it could be that the dog was the gilgul of a uh, of a person, and I, I could understand. Oh, in that case, uh, I'm sure there are some people who say that. Why is he like the hundred percent the guys? I've seen some midrashim. I've seen some midrashim. I've seen midrashim about the dog. So we might have to go back and reinterpret the, 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 the boat guys. He doesn't like the boat guys. Yeah. Yes. Our, our interpretation of the boat guys. Oh, oh, I like I'm holding on to my boat guys interpretation yes. because yes. I found the Malbim. He's going to save me. Okay, let's see. The Malbim says, Atasha kibela latmo lalechet deninveu lahochicham kedvar Hashem. Amar latmo devrei tanchumim. Halo elu enche ninve shehem bishamrim hablejav umaminim avodah zorah. <laughs> That's how I read it when I was when I learned it, and I on, on Yom Kippur when I was thinking about some of these things. That's how I read it. I read it that he was talking about the Anshein in Vek. In other words, he's saying, "I'll go do it." Yeah, I'll go do it. It's not going to mean anything. But me, on the other hand, right. I'm the real deal. I'm the real deal, and maybe also the people on the boat. Like I, I still think the people on the boat are the Tzadikim. That makes a lot more sense. And the Jews. I like the Malbim. Now, now the boat people are still the good. Boat people the boat people, even though them. they tried to kill him, uh, we're still okay with the fact that they threw him over the boat. He told them to do it. Oh. Uh, well, time get, to go get, eat. Get on, your, get on your carpet. Get on your carpet. The flying carpet. Uh, Alright, that's good. Yeah, okay, good. Very nice. Well, we'll have to consolidate some of this before we yeah. get to the next <laughs>